Warning, this podcast was produced by two men who still think that swearing is both big and clever. As a result, it contains quite a lot of it. Therefore, this podcast is not suitable for children, unless they're really fucking cool children. Shout out to the collaborators, it's your boy Dave Fensom here with another episode of Pop Collaborate. Listen, uh, guys, I've got to tell you, I'm pretty fucking tired. That's my vibe at the minute, I'm tired. I've not been getting much sleep. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I am gigging until 3.30am. I'm still working a 9 to 5 right now. And also I have a child, so I'm a very tired man, so I might be a little bit incoherent. In the midst of all that, though, we still found time to record this episode with Mr. Rich Wilson. He's our guest. He'll explain who he is uh, during the episode. But, yeah, check him out. He's amazing. We love Rich so much on this podcast. What have I been doing? So, uh, it's the middle of Brighton Fringe. Uh, so, I'm running these late shows at the Warren. They've been wild, man. We've been selling out, like, over 400 tickets a night. We've had really rowdy crowds. Fantastic acts as well. We've had Maisie Adam and Zoe Lyon. Uh, well, we've got Paul Sinner coming up this week. Mike, uh, Rob Mulholland, who's uh, uh, formerly of this parish, was is coming up this week as well. We've had Rich Wilson, who you'll hear on today's episode. Uh, Harriet Kemsley. Oh, God, we've got so many. And coming up, man, we've got Milton Jones... Reginald D. Hunter, we've got Sean Walsh, Hen and Venn. Yeah, we've got great names from uh, from TV that you might have heard. So, yeah, enough of that. If you're in Brighton, uh, check out uh, The Warren or check out The Brighton Fringe. Look for The Late Show. You can follow us at Late Brighton on Twitter. Uh, but that's all the stuff that I've had going on. But, uh, yeah, come along if you fancy to look at that. So the sound on the podcast might be slightly different. We're recording on new equipment this week. We've bought some new stuff. We've got a new sound interface, got some new mics. Uh, so we're just getting used to kind of fine-tuning those settings. So I don't think it sounds worse. Uh, might even sound better, but it sounds a little bit different, so which is why I'm bringing your attention to it. The new equipment was made possible by donations from you guys. Uh, thank you so much. Obviously, we have our PayPal link. Some people are giving us £5 a month now. We never really push the monetization particularly hard, but I've got to say... It really, really does help. Uh, it's been an expensive time this last year for both Krista and I, self-employed people. So, yes, indeed, if you want to make some donations, if you enjoy the podcast, please follow the PayPal link. Also, if you would donate, but the PayPal thing puts you off and you'd prefer something like Ko-Fi or Patreon or something like that, let us know on social media. Uh, we don't, we're don't. we a bit rubbish on stuff like this. We don't really think about it too much. So if you've got ideas or whatever, if you don't want to see it on social media, send us an email. Anyway, guys, I hope you enjoy this episode. This is a really good episode. We had an absolute blast recording this one. Uh, Rich is a lot of fun to record with. Um, so, yeah, I hope you enjoy it. Take care. We'll catch you next time. Uh, see you later.
Yes, yes, people. Dave Fensom here with another episode of Pop Collaborate. And listen, as always, I am joined by my very good friend, Mr. Krista Greer. I'm still here. Hello. Uh, we've got Waffles Dog somewhere. Somewhere. Out, I think. Uh, and this time, we are joined by our incredibly special guest, Mr. Rich Wilson. How the fuck are you doing, Rich? I'm good, man. It's nice to be here. Incredibly special. I'll take that. Yeah, oh, yeah uh, definitely. Lovely. Thank you for coming along, man. My pleasure. My pleasure. I was trapped in the house with Dave, so no choice. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a prerequisite. No, you can stay with me, but you have yeah, to do, do some yeah. work. Yeah. I mean, not, not, not just Dave. Dave and his farts from a Midnight McDonald's. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, well, do you know what? God. I've got to say, though, because we'd had such an epic evening and Dave had been working, he's been working hard at this at the gigs. And so last night was a real, it was a celebratory yeah. McDonald's in a car park. It was, oh, mate. Joyous, man. Yeah, we had it all spread out on the dash. Yeah. And I haven't, I haven't done that for <laughs> like a long a time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was brilliant. <laughs> I, I, I bought a tablecloth and a, and a candle. <laughs> Lovely. It was nice, man. So, guys, if you've never if you've never fucking come across Rich in your travels, then what the fuck have you been doing? But Rich is uh, one of the best comics out there on the circuit at the moment. Uh, he's also the host of the wonderful Insane in the Membrane podcast. Also got a radio show. Yeah. What, what time's your radio show on, pal? Well, it's on any, any time. It comes out every Wednesday. It's on the Mixcloud app at the moment uh-huh. tuned up time machine wicked name on mate. Islington radio and this is the thing because I mean, yes you are a stand-up comic you mm. do a load of work in that but you are also a huge music fan aren't huge because you? you can tell from the radio show and the, the twitch streams you do yeah you know uh, kind of a great deal about a load of different stuff and you're really passionate about it you love this shit i do yeah. i do music to me is everything it's more important to me than comedy wow and and football I, 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 this is the thing i grew up with music and not football that's me too, mate. Yeah. I've, 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 I'm oh, you're, you're, you're in, you're in the, good company, yeah. my friend. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> anyway, so look, guys, we are like, uh, so Rich was uh, with us last night. We were doing shows in the Warrens Late Shows, part of our uh, 32 fucking shows we're doing down there. Uh, if mm. you are in Brighton during the Fringe, do come along and see them. Um, but as I say, so I was discussing with Rich the fact that we were going to be doing Depeche Mode's uh, Songs of Faith and Devotion, which is this week's album. Indeed. And yeah. you know, Rich mentioned this, he might have a thing or two to say, which is why we've brought him along. Yes, yeah. Mate, yes, mate. This is in my top. This is in my top five best albums of all time. Fuck Jesus, really? Top yes. five, top ten, maybe. Shit. Maybe top five. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is Fair a, enough, obviously. Right. So, what I would say is, if you uh, if you were a long time listener to the podcast, you will have heard us uh, cover Depeche Mode's a Violator. Strictly speaking, wasn't a number one album, but we did it as a special. Yeah, would recommend going in and checking that because we probably might make some references to things we said about Violator in mm-hmm. this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so let's let's go around the room as we always do. Krista, so, so 1993 when this album comes out. Yeah, I mean, this this is number one in March of '93, so right at the start of the year, yeah. basically. Um, I was in the, the place where. I knew Depeche Mode, obviously, you know, throughout the 80s, uh, there were singles bands to me, they were in the charts. I wasn't really investigating albums. Uh, when Violator came out, as we've said on the previous episode, I was aware of it, but I wasn't really into it at the time. I wasn't big into it. Mm-hmm. But in the, the three years between Violator and this coming out, the main thing that had happened to me was that I'd heard 101, yeah. uh, which is the live album, and which I still record. say is my favourite live album of all time. Mm. I think it's incredible. And I had fallen in love with those songs. Yeah. So I was really into that sort of Depeche Mode. Yeah. So when this came out, I was very interested. You know, the first single was like straight on it. But because it wasn't the sort of Depeche Mode that I had got into, mm. it was different. Yeah. I was a bit sniffy about it. I was like, oh, right. Well, this isn't what I'm into. Okay. I wanted the old stuff. And so I didn't investigate further. Doing this podcast is the first time I've ever heard this album. Oh, oh wow. wow. Fuck right. okay. I knew the singles. Yeah. But I'd never listened to this album before, right? Sounds. Because I had been a bit sniffy at the time. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so, so Rich, obviously, you, you you heard this at the time. I did. I bought this at the time on vinyl. Yeah. 
Uh, had you been a Depeche Mode fan previous well, to this as well? Funnily enough, um, I only had I had the greatest hits up until uh-huh. that point. So there was that. It's a white album. Yeah, the singles. It? Yeah, the singles yeah. one. Yeah. And I had that because I remember when I was a kid. I remember it must have been 1981, and so I would have been nine. And I remember hearing "Just Can't Get Enough," mm. and I remember where I was when I heard it. It was I was in a I was at a market in Rochester, yeah. and nice. my my mum and dad had bought me a little James Bond car, you know, the white Lotus. Mm-hmm. Right, just yeah, bought yeah. me a Corgi Junior, little one. And so I remember having that, and I'm playing around with that, and then there was a radio on, and I remember hearing "Just Can't Get Enough." Right, that that synth, like yeah, and just and I remember as a kid, I didn't know what I didn't know what it was, but I liked it. Yeah, and then it just stayed with me. So yeah, I had the singles. Wow, right. So then, the first album I ever bought by Depeche Mode was this album. First one you bought yeah, was this, right? Was this one. So gotcha. I had the singles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I'd and I'd, I'd like the singles, but you know, you kind of late eighties, early nineties, you're kind of getting into the Mondays and the Stone Roses and gotcha. all that sort of thing. Okay. So you know, Depeche Mode were always around, but we didn't really talk about it because you were sort of focused on like whatever was fashionable at the time. Mm. And then uh, I moved away from Orpington where I grew up. And I met the mother of my children, mm-hmm. and I just—I I don't know about it. I don't know what it was about this album, but I just—I love the. I've, there's a there's a goth inside of me. I see. Okay. I like gothic. Yeah. I like you know. I that like vampires, and uh-huh. I'd love to live at, in Sleepy Hollow. You know, that's where <laughs> I'd like to live. And so this really spoke to me. The darker gothic side oh, of okay. Depeche Mode really spoke to me. Okay. Cool. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Lovely. Yeah. Well, I mean, as as I said, you know, before I was. I was already in a Depeche Mode, like my next door neighbour had really got in a Violator, so Violator I'd listened to loads. This album came out, I was at Sixth Form College, um, and I I mean, I, I remember I, I bought the T-shirt, I had a long sleeve T-shirt, the I Feel You long sleeve, um, which if you have a look at the photo of me yeah, on our website, as a fucking, yeah. <laughs> as, as a 70 year old fucking unfuckable idiot right <laughs> we're all unfuckable oh right? mate I'll, I'll show you this picture of me in a minute Rich it's fucking wonderful um, and yeah you'll see me wearing the Depeche Mode long sleeve of course sleeve, no, yeah. no you said it I can t- and absolutely a, remember and a Soundgarden baseball cap because I was so a fucking cool. mi- mixing and matching mate that's what so I was doing cool. so I, I bought funnily enough my mum and dad um, I, I went to America when I was 17 mum and dad had saved a bit of money for my 18th like mm-hmm. through my life and the choice was to spend it on a car or uh, go on a holiday so mm-hmm. I went over and stayed with my relatives in the States um, and yeah, bought. I bought. Came back with a stack of CDs, and this yeah. was one of them. Um, and yeah, I mean, I've listened to this album, you know, fairly semi regularly since then. Since right. Okay. So this meant an awful lot to you at the time. Oh, as man, well. I, I right. love this. I, you know, at the time because it's not as precise an album as uh, Violator for reasons I guess that we'll discuss. It's mm-hmm. not as whereas Violator is a very kind of quantized uh, MIDI tracked record. Everything is kind of very much in the time sequence. It's very very tight. It's yeah. kind of got. It's, it's still got a bit of that kind of techno feel to it, techno-y kind yeah, of... Yeah, it's, it's more on the electronic tip. Yeah, definitely on, on that. Whereas this has got, uh, you know, obviously where, where we are at this point, David Garn has fucked off to Los Angeles. Uh-huh. Uh, he's living in LA. He's hanging about with Jane's Addiction. Um, yeah. and, and that's never going to end well. Well, I mean, <laughs> if, you know, I mean, I mean, obviously I'm on record, Jane's Addiction, one of my favourite bands oh, in the absolutely. world. Oh, absolutely. But if what, it, what's going to happen, you know, if you've got uh, a, sort of a Jeopardy question, the answer is... Then he got into heroin. Yeah. The question is, oh, when did Dave Garn start hanging out with Jane's Addiction? Yeah, I mean, it's, things do get a bit needly around the Jane's Addiction. <laughs> banner, <don't they? laughs> but this is why I like this album, I think, because it's dirty and it's sleazy. Right, and yeah, there is a scuzziness. Isn't I really like that. Right. Whereas, like you say, before that, it was pristine and it was quiet. Even though Personal Jesus was kind of leaning towards that. He was getting that way. Yeah. yeah, sure. But this was full on... 
you know, Martin Gore's wandering around in bondage gear. Yeah. He's got spiked collars on, and mm-hmm. it, they really kind of, it kind of, it was like they just went, fuck it, this is really us. Like, they yeah. weren't Bazzard and Boys anymore. Bazzard right. and Boys backdrops from Licks. But no, it's fucking, because this thing is, so there's so much on, on Violator that is just fucking hedonism, hedonism, hedonism. It's, and then th- this album, it's like, it's still in there. But it's, you're also starting to feel just enormous amounts of regret in it as well. This is okay. the this is the, the what the, so so the so violator was, yeah they were they were kind of they'd arrived at the party yeah so they're at they're at Torture Garden wherever they are <laughs> right, yeah. right. they're wandering around there just toe to, in the water having a wander around this one is the toilet in Train Spotting. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, fair yeah. fucks, man. Fair fucks. All right, so we've all got kind of different backgrounds on it. So sure. as we as we always do, let's start. Have a look at this album cover. For me, it doesn't have the iconic image that Violator does. No. Um, that was that was a really well crafted bit of art. This is a very much more kind of abstract. It's just it's almost like just someone's done some paint daubings. Obviously, there's more behind it, but it doesn't look as cool to me as the, no. As the it did, that, it's funny when Dave said he's got the t-shirt. I, I saw that I remember seeing the t-shirts and I wouldn't have worn this as a t-shirt All right, fuck right. You. not yeah. saying no no disrespect to you but it's like yeah it wasn't as as vivid it, it didn't have the same yeah. cachet of cool as yeah. Yeah. walking around in that people are like oh that guy that guy fucks <laughs> walking around uh, Dave Fenton wearing an I feel you t-shirt that guy has never seen a fanny that guy is fucked it's fair yeah. I, I hadn't at that point <laughs> but um, yeah look I, I agree I don't I don't think this is a particularly it's, it, it's okay it, it, it's, it's fine it's you know nice colours black and the purple a bit yeah. of Gotham but it's, it's well, I, think, I think what they should have done and listen I'm not I'm, I'm no expert on this but I think if they just had a plain if it was just a, the black photo mm-hmm. with none of the purple stuff on it, or maybe the the writing in purple, like yeah. Depeche Mode, yeah, maybe that, and then just a black and white photo of them, yeah, would have looked more powerful than, yeah, like you know, yeah, or, or just yeah. A, or just a picture of fucking Dave shooting up or something, oh, totally, yeah. <laughs> yeah, under a bridge somewhere, yeah, under like, a bridge yeah. with the, the homeless peppers. people, yeah, just a picture of an eight ball or whatever it was yeah, that yeah. really <laughs> killed him. <laughs> Right, okay, so let's uh, let's dive into this, shall yeah, we? Yeah, uh, so it's their eighth studio album, just a bit of background. It's their eighth one. Uh, it's the first one since Violator, and it is the last one that Alan Wilder was part of yep. um, because uh, they, they went for a different style of production on this, which is why it sounds mm. different. They did lots more live stuff, and they all lived together while recording it wow. instead of doing their bit and then heading off elsewhere. And it felt really claustrophobic and left yes. a lot of tension. Yeah, because it, it, it was Flood's idea, wasn't it? Cause Flood, Flood, Flood produced this, yeah. Flood yeah. produced this record. He'd just come off of Acton Baby, which had obviously been fucking enormous for you uh-huh. um, he Which got, I would say is up there as their best album. Oh, oh without it's easy. Doubt, I fucking love Acton Baby. Tree as well. Yeah. Those two. Brilliant yeah, album. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And the, yeah, I'll give, for me, yeah, those two and Rattlin' Hum, the live version mm-hmm. off of... Mm-hmm. Off of uh, just true, but yeah. So he come off. He had great results with U two, but obviously U two and Depeche Mode, quite different animals. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, it's like yeah. Well, I had a re- I had a really nice time because you know we got, we went around this house and I house I was house sitting my mate's pug. It was lovely, right? Uh-huh. And, as opposed to I had this really really horrendous time. I was house sitting my mate's fucking tiger. Right? Oh, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. <laughs> yeah, trying to corral Depeche Mode. It's got to be an absolute mission. Yeah, yeah. so, yeah, so Alan, yeah, so Alan, Alan Wilde left after this record, didn't he? He, he, did. st- he stayed for the tour. Yeah, they did the tour, which was huge and was all over the world for a year and a half nearly. But you can really tell that the tension and the claustrophobia and stuff mm. of living together comes through in a lot of the music. But the That's different exactly, yeah. uh, methods of recording, they went for a lot more live sound. There's more uh, live drumming on it, which was still then produced afterwards and quantized or whatever. Yeah. But it was it was a different style, which is why... 
it kind of feels very different. It's yeah. a step. Step yeah. either forward if you want or to the side or whatever, but it's not what they were doing. And the interesting thing as well, obviously, you know, we've, we've talked a lot, uh, particularly with regard of the kind of the cock rock bands and things like that. Bands that are getting swept aside by this kind of all-encompassing wave of grunge, right? Yeah. Whereas Dave Grant's out there in LA amongst some of these, and has been very much exposed to this new wave of uh, alternative music. Yes, and indeed. And he's bringing some of that to the fore. Sure. Uh, and I guess we'll t- discuss as we go how well, that successful that is. You know? I mean, they went from... You know, synth pop, like quite eighty sort of sharp suits yeah. and things like that, and and then suddenly he's leather trousers and top off tattoos. Yeah, you know, he went full on, and I think yeah. that's why I think that's why it spoke to a lot of us because we were all in that grunge stage of our lives. Yeah, I used to walk around thinking I was Eddie Vedder. There's a picture of me on Instagram, brilliant, proper Vedder up, mate. Yeah, yeah, just standing at the top of Glastonbury tour with the mother of my kids. Uh, I mean, are you yeah. you full on plaid shirt? Plaid long, shirt, long, big hair to the shoulders, hair to the shoulders, Wicked. long shorts, oh. white socks, boots. Dr. Nice. Martin, beautiful, yeah. good work, mate. I've, I, I, I had several looks that were not dissimilar, but I never really got fucking close to looking like Eddie Vedder, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Look more like well, fucking <laughs> Eddie Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay, so. Uh, Let's get into it. There's 10 tracks on this, so we'll start off. We'll get into it. Track number one. Track number one is called I Feel You. That fucking sound there, man. Mm, It sounds like the sound of a car crash to me, which it couldn't be a better metaphor for some of the shit that's going on in this record. It sounds like you're driving with the handbrake on. (laughs) 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 Which I've obviously never done. (laughs) But it is... It's, I mean, you're straight in with a really harsh, harsh sound. Yeah. You know, they're almost like trying to make you think, oh, something's wrong with the CD here, or something's wrong with my needle. You got, well, you got the fucking sex wrong with my needle. Should have yeah. been the day of this album. <laughs> um, no, but you got that kind of industrial clang, got this big kind of rhythm coming through, and then this massive, massive soaring vocal that comes across. It's really super uh-huh. scratchy guitar. Uh, fucking hell, man. Like, this vocal as well, it's, it's all kind of I feel you. It's all about this kind of. I don't know, kind of really heavy connection. It's, oh, I feel you, this is the dawning of our love. It's mm-hmm. intense, it's intense, it's intense. It's super, you know. Right, okay. yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and yeah. to me, the, the guitar line, that, dun, 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 that was one of the first things that I noticed. And I was like, oh, this is weird. This isn't, mm. again, what I was saying, this wasn't the Depeche Mode I, I knew from before. And so I was like, this is just so different Yeah. that I, instant reaction, I was like, all right, tell you what, I'm going to go back to listen to the old stuff. No, it right. took me a long time to come round to this single, like a couple of years, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think it's excellent. Yeah, but I didn't get it at the time. No, so I loved it. This was my hook into this record. I mean, I bought right. this, and I. It was one of those albums where I kind of almost didn't get into the rest of the album for a while because I was just like, oh, I'm going to listen to that again. Oh wow! I'm skip back. Yeah. Skip back. Fucking, I loved it, man. It's 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 all about that fucking. It's just like kind of relentless. It's like kind of keeps on rolling on. It's almost like stone and rock. Do you know what I mean? Sure. It's like that. It's like when you see those oil. You know, see the oil fields out in America, those big, and you just see those that just come yeah. behind. And them. that's what it reminded me of. Like, the burner, burner, burner. Yeah, that yeah. sort of like the industrial. Yeah, yeah. Sounding, and that's, and I think, I think this is one of the first albums that I listened to beginning to end. Didn't I? Didn't cut right. to the singles. There wasn't any big push with this album. It kind of the album just appeared, right? So there wasn't this like build up. Ah, oh, Depeche Mode got a new album coming out. As far as I remember, just suddenly there was this. It was out. 
Yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh my god, oh, that looks interesting. Yeah, probably, probably true. I, said, yeah. I, I, I think a few of you came out first. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I didn't, I wasn't buying singles much at this point. No. So I, you know, I, I just had the album straight away. That's what I right. Knew I see. I bought uh, the I bought the seven inch of I feel you day of release. Okay. Um, because I was like, fuck it. I, I love Depeche Mode apparently, mm. and then it turned out I love different Depeche Mode. <laughs> uh, but so I didn't buy the album at the time at all. Yeah, I did. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think this is a fucking brilliant. Album opener couldn't be like it's just a mm. and that first look at I feel you. This fucking song's perfect. Like, it's brilliant. It's one of my favourite Depeche Mode songs. Um, they didn't oh, play yeah. it last time I saw them live. Fucking Do they not? Pretty, pretty upset about it. They didn't it. play this. Didn't play it. Um, but they, they played just about everything else though. Okay. So. Oh, what I find fascinating is when you hear like that noise at the beginning of the song. And then subsequent noises, all the bits and bobs. Like when you hear it on headphones, there's all manner of stuff going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I find it fascinating to go, how did you think to do that? Like, what was the what made you go? Oh, it's not what this needs at the beginning. Yeah. This needs like the sound of a like an old radio trying to find focus, like mm. trying to find a channel. And because obviously, when a songwriter writes a song, they can they know what it's trying to say. Mm-hmm. So they know. So it'd be like, right, this is bleak midwinter. It's Russia. Right, yeah. There's a guy. There's a guy on his own. He's just trying to find. Like, maybe it's been like a nuclear holocaust or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. And he's trying to find life somewhere else. So he's trying to tune this radio in. So he's in this bunker and he's trying to tune it. Right. That's and that. What I. That's what I I, comes up for me. And that's and that's what and that's the best yeah. thing about it. Because like, we we talked about this a bit with the Violator episode. Obviously, you know Martin Gore. Uh, is a, such a, a nerd for mm. since that oh. very specific sound. So everything, if you listen to like George Miller talk about uh, um, Mad Max when he made Fury Road, yeah. he says there's not a single frame of that movie that isn't processed or touched in some way. Right, right. everything's processed, every single frame in a movie. Where and you kind of get the sense of that that level of attention detail, that yeah. obsessive level of detail with the Pesh Mode. And I think what's really nice about this song because you've got these, these live drums again. Quantized back, but they've left the fucking, they've yeah. left the fucking mistakes in it. It, yeah. it feels like it's got that level of detail, but it still feels looser in some way. Yeah, right. Uh, and when you look at industrial bands, obviously Nine Inch Nails are starting to do some numbers around this time. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, when you talk about stuff that's kind of like Ramstein and stuff, like that, industrial's always got this kind of oppressive kind of bang. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, sure. And this, I think the thing that's really interesting about this album is it, it is in a lot of ways quite an industrial record, but it's got so much fucking soulfulness to it as right. well. Right. Um, and but this is what I find amazing. Like you mentioned claustrophobia. Mm. It's quite claustrophobic, but at the same time, it's epic. Now to get those two things at the same time, like claustrophobic closed in and then at the same time being arms outstretched open well, up but this song it's goes a, between the two because yeah. it's got the, the, the guitar the dun, 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 which is just relentless and yeah. pointing and keeping you trapped inside that mm. but then when it goes to the chorus and it just opens yeah, up the whole yeah, thing yeah. expansive dun, 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 bow, elegiac bow. yeah I'm saying yeah. elegiac again well, <laughs> is it elegiac elegiac I think it's elegiac elegiac what does elegiac mean uh, Elegite, it's a, it's a type of uh, jelly. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but it ties into the whole thing. I mean, this is called Songs of Faith and Devotion. Yeah. You know? yes. And so there's an, o- an awful lot of religious imagery that mm. they, they come up with, many many kind of allusions to religion. So the fact that it, it, it does have that feel of, uh, yeah. you know, just you know, opening yourself to... But to it's open, d- yeah, open yourself to that, to the yeah. possibilities of maybe there is a God. Yeah. More like because if there's a god, if there's a devil, then it must be a god, and vice versa. Yeah. And, and then this is this seems to be more about the pain and the suffering of 
the human like, of human beings. So because you know, mm-hmm. it's like you are open to the possibility that there is a God, but at the same time, being a human is fucking hard. Mm. There's a lot of pain and suffering, and so at the same time, this this deity is expecting you to kneel before it and and go, yeah, you're the you're my you're the yeah. one, and yet at the same time, you're like. Oh, I just don't want to pay me fucking bills, man. Yeah, I, got time. <laughs> so, I ain't got time to nail itself to a cross for you, mate. But that is, that, that is a thing that we will see throughout this album, yeah. absolutely. There's, there's a lot of that going through. Yeah. Uh, lyrically, uh, in this one, I've decided as we go through, I'm going to see how many of these songs are obviously you know, about love or religion, but can also be about heroin. I'm going to see how many times <laughs> that comes through. But so, this is it, isn't it? That's <laughs> it's, the, it's I what, think that's the, that's the God Connor. They that's are the playing God bit. with it. They are absolutely yeah. playing with it. So I'm, I've just decided to keep a wee tally. And in this one, uh, some of the lyrics are, uh, I feel you within my mind. You take me there. You take me where the kingdom comes. You take me and lead me through Babylon. Or I feel you, your heart it sings. I feel you, the joy it brings, where heaven waits, those golden gates and back again. You take me and lead me through oblivion. Right. Yeah, so this isn't God. There, <laughs> there is absolute teasing with the drugs. Yeah, yeah, it, it really is. is. You know, it's, it, it's a scag anthem. It, it is. And it, it's one of those ones where they, it's, they, it is, it's, it's, so, it's so well done. It, you know, it got on radio. It was a big old hit. Yeah. But it's, it's really, it's a drug song. Well, it's like right. Golden Brown it by the Strangers. Sure, mate, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Ebenezer Good. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All these yeah. things that got on radio, massive radio rotation. Yeah. But yeah, so this is one for one on that little tally that I'm going to keep. Okay. Um, and then t- because this was obviously the, the first single, uh, it was released, like you say, just before the album. It got to number eight, which is yeah, decent. Yeah, it's all right. I, it's would, okay. I expected the first release to be bigger, though. I would have thought first one, yeah. I would have thought top five. But it well, I think, again, because it came out when it did, you know, Nirvana, Pearl Jam, mm-hmm. Soundgarden, that was the music of the day. So this was quite... They were still, like you said, yep. like they were still Depeche Mode from before. Sure. So it took a while for people to cotton on and go, oh, no, 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 Depeche Mode. Actually, they fit more into what's going on now than they... Oh, totally. Before. And this song was one of the big ones. I remember hearing this in the kind of the indie clubs but and and the more kind of rock alternative clubs. Yeah. And there were proper metalhead types were yeah. loving this single because it is so harsh and hard yeah. and goes along those lines um, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah there was a yeah. there was a video for this uh, because of the first single and obviously it was directed by Anton Corbin mm-hmm. obviously it's in black and white yeah. uh, obviously it's got a really hot woman walking around a log cabin in her bra uh, but it also it's got Dave Gahan right and he's wearing jeans mm-hmm. and uh, a stripy suit jacket and stripy waistcoat oh, yeah, yeah, which yeah. should not work yeah. at all you should look at him and go you massive twat. It would look that way if either three of us were to wander around like yeah, that. We absolutely. would look like we'd just absolutely. come back from a stag do or a wedding and we'd lost our shirt. Totally. But totally. Dave Garn. Oh my God. He looks he the absolute looks so fucking yeah. cool. Yeah, he's this. a badass man. Oh, mate. I mean, he, and also in the video, he's doing this ridiculous dance. He's dancing like kind of um, Mick Jagger and he's doing the clapping and yeah. stuff like this, looking like a bit of a dickhead. But. Because he's doing it, yeah. I'm, I'm so jealous. I, I wish I had those moves. Honestly, mate, I, like, like, when, like I said this before, when I, when I saw him, man, he's so camp. He's mm-hmm. got this kind of camp swagger on stage, and you, but you're just like, oh man, mm. you're a fucking. You're, there's just some people you see, and you're like, oh, you were you were born to do this. There's Isn't nothing he, else you've done. So is. Well, when you yeah. see early footage of them, there's a really early video of them on like, it's not Blue Peter, but it's something like that. <laughs> okay, and yeah. They're doing. I can't remember what they're doing, what what song it is, but they're it's quite a risque song as well, considering. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're on this like this TV show, and you see Pebble them there. Mill. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. And he's got his hair all spiked up, and they're all quite clean boys. Yeah. And then you fast forward to this, and you he's just this. He's like 
Jim Morrison, yeah. Michael Hutchins, kind yeah, of that yeah. kind of Dave kind Navarro. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Although someone told me a story. They were at a gig and they were backstage and they watched Dave Navarro uh, drawing his abs on. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you got to do what you got to do. Uh, fuck it. Right, okay. So uh, I yeah. think we're all fi- we're, we're all fairly clear that was a pretty fucking good song, Absolutely right? brilliant. Yeah, there um, there have been a few different cover versions of this as well. I just spotted there's a Placebo one, okay. or Apollo 440, Johnny Marr did one. Uh, there's also a song by Venetian Snares that samples this mm. that I'm going to put into the playlist, Yeah, but I'm not going to play it. No. Because... It's the sort of thing that I guess, you know, here one of those lines, if it were released today, people would go, you can't say that. Different times, more innocent. Indeed. So, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll put it in the playlist and you can have a listen if you wish. Okay, right. So we do track two. Track number two, Walking In My Shoes. And this was the second single in May 93. It got to number 14. This is the one that got me. Oh, it, this was the lowest placed single off all the ones off this album. Was all 14 no, was the this lowest. Is my, this is my... But listen to that grunt. there. Listen to that grunty bass on. That's straight out of Alice in Chains. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Uh-huh. I oh, yeah. absolutely scream this in the car. Is that right? Yeah. This is my go-to. So, like, as soon as you listen through the album, yeah. obviously, you, you knew I feel you, but then when this came on, this I, got you straight Yeah, in as well. yeah, yeah. I remember just sitting Lovely. there going, oh, my God. All right. This this one, mate. you got that, you got this fucking low-slung kind of menace that runs through it. Like, this is such a menace until you've got this mm. kind of big kind of clanging reverb. Yeah. It's almost like, it's, it's like this, if I hit the desk, it's, it's kind of right. gives you that, that, kind of that kind of clanging, like kind of held reverberation of the tune. Obviously you've got the enormous religious overtone sure. in this song, but here is the first, whereas I Feel You is a song about fucking, uh, you know, it's all about kind of, uh, you know, follow me, watch me. This, uh-huh. is, this is the regret song. This is the hangover. It's like, you you know, but it's also like the kind of, I'm not saying sorry, I'm just saying, if you fucking, if you'd been where I would, I'd have done this. Oh, totally. Yeah, it's, it's not asking for forgiveness. It's asking for understanding. Understanding, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. But, it, and, but even if you just, if you didn't know any of that, and you, you, just this tune is brilliant. It yeah. really is. Yeah. And I wish I'd got into it earlier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I mean, I can't, I, I can't say too much about this song. It's just, uh, it, is, it is not far from a perfect song, really. It's, okay. It's, it's you know, it's, uh, it kind of, it, it makes me feel things oh, all really? the way through. Yeah. yeah. It just it, the tone of the vocals perfectly pitched over this backing track this backing Uh track which is just so kind of melancholic it's got so many obviously full of these kind of minor notes and these kind of piano notes that just I don't know I I can't even tell you why but they just kind of make me feel really really introspective and they make me feel about oh man and then you've got this vocal that sits over the top of it with him talking about regret and talking about mm-hmm. uh, do you know what I've made these mistakes but you do the same thing you know I don't yeah. don't need you to forgive me just like as you say just understand understand that my path has been different yeah yeah and it's you know and, and again different ways you can look at it it's, it's either like the self pity of an addict trying to justify the unjustifiable sure okay or it's you know that kind of genuine heartfelt uh, emotion comes from, but whatever it is, uh, you know, I could, again, it's one of those things I almost don't want to over quantify it because it just makes me feel there's, like, there's just a base instinct, something yeah, that can it resonates. Yeah. I think we've all fucked up before, and you question yourself and you go, like, Why did I, why the fuck did I do that? Mm-hmm. Why did I fuck up like that? Why did I make that mistake? Why did I go down that path? And then when, when you're trying to sort it all out and people are, and they're going, why did you do that? It was a really shit thing you did. And you go, yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not that person. So I don't know why I acted in that way at that point. Yeah, yeah. 
But you can't, and then you go, look, but that's just where I was at that time. Yeah. And that's what I, I just wanted yeah. to just. I'm not, when you're trying to, yeah, make it right, and you go, look, I didn't mean to upset you, I didn't mean to hurt you, but I just, I just did, and I'm sorry, you know, but just see, where I, see what I was dealing with yeah. at that point, that's sure. which is why I was doing that. And I think that's why it resonates, because we've all been there. Yeah, it's like, mm-hmm. it's like you know? kind of, yeah, you kind of see Dave Garner as like the avatar for the imperfect person within you. The, you know, and you kind of just go, ah, oh, you mm. know, I associate with this. I completely associate yeah. it. It's nice to hear someone talking about it and it kind of makes me feel better about my own fuck But that's ups. it, isn't right, it? None, sure. of us, none of us are perfect. And I think that's, that's, a lot, that's a lot of conversations that are happening around now. People are starting to realise that, yeah, we can all be dickheads and we can all be heroes. So this, saying that, so that's 93. You know, so that's, you know, that's the first sort of time I'd heard it. Someone go, look, yeah, fucked up. Right, sure. We all fuck up. And Dave Gann is the kind of the the perfect, like you say, avatar for that. Because if you look at the start of uh, Depeche Mode, like you're saying, when you saw him in the early 80s on on TV, it was was a clean cut, you know, just uh, happy-go-lucky, pure-looking lad. And the the you can see the trajectory. Not Mm. I'm I'm pointing downwards, even though I'm not, I don't mean it's getting worse. But he is, he's, you know... They the band got more into darker subjects, yeah. mm-hmm. um, you know, the, going through blasphemous rumors and yeah, and, all yeah. that sort of, and then through to personal Jesus. And you can see each album they are getting more and more scuzzy or mm-hmm. complicated each time. And he's ended up at this place, and presumably the media must have been laying into him because he was a known junkie at yeah. this point and had had it all and it got fucked up. And so he is addressing everyone who's making these accusations or making these uh, suggestions about what happened and why did why did you go wrong? He's going, yeah, all right, fuck it. But yeah, if you had had the opportunities uh, that I had and the stresses that I had going through this ten years, you would have ended yeah. up hanging out with James Addiction, and yeah. you would have ended up wearing bondage gear for no other reason than you liked it. <laughs> and you know, maybe, maybe yeah. I would. Like I don't know. But like you say, those themes were always there when you listen back. Mm, sure. Maybe, I think, I don't know, I don't know if that was more, because Mar- Martin Gore seems to be the one that's more, like, he, he's, there's a darker side to him. Yeah, you know, he's definitely. Got the, he's got this, like, baby, like, cherub-looking face, but he'll wear eyeliner and frilly shirts and leather trousers. Oh, and, and he's writing these songs, yeah. you know, for the past decade, he's been, been the, the force mm. behind making this happen. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, no, this, this is you know. Let's 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 not overly labour. This is a fucking brilliant song. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is a brilliant. Yeah. The, this things I do remember it at the time because I had a little radio show in Belfast. Me and my mate uh, would just play for a couple of hours once a week, and he loved this this mm-hmm. single, and he played it all, all the time as much as he could. And I was uh, pretty ambivalent to it. I'll, I'll admit because I didn't really give a shit and I didn't check it out more than I, yeah. I, I was the passing phase. And so I wish I had. Really mm. tried a bit more because I knew I would have liked this in '93. Yeah. Oh, fucking hell, mate! So you had a radio show in the early '90s in Belfast. I bet that sounded like Westwood, didn't it? Just fucking <laughs> bombs going off in the background. <laughs> it was, yeah. <laughs> dropping yeah. bombs for no, really, we're dropping bombs yeah. for real. Oh, under the table, city hall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, mate, I can't hear what you're saying. Take your balaclava off. <laughs> uh, could this one be about heroin? I mean, it's 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 not really a metaphor song. It's very straightforward. Yeah. It's, it's confessional, but uh, it's also just a big fuck you to the critics. Yeah. So I'm going to say no. I'm going to say this isn't strictly. Uh, uh, unless, it's not alluding to yeah. anything. Yeah. Uh, uh, unless, unless he's keeping his heroin in his shoes. 
well, there, that's very Trouble true. Trouble yeah, 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 shoes. Yeah, 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 you're going to get it into Ritzy's and Basel. The video for this one is obviously directed by Anton Corbin. Uh, it's obviously primarily in black and white. Uh, obviously, it features loads of kind of really weird-looking characters in strange, strange outfits. And they look like they're in a kind of medieval painting of the circles of hell. So yeah. Yeah. standard, yeah. standard Anton Corbin to best yeah. video, really. Yeah. The theme of the album. That's what we're getting. Yeah. Um, and there was a remix of this on one of the twelve inches called the Grungy Gonads mix. <laughs> yeah, right, of course. That's unpleasant. Uh, and it's credited to because I was looking through what's, what's going on. Credited to Johnny Dollar. I like, okay. oh, I don't know that name, but it's Johnny Dollar and Portishead. Right, right, ah. and this is didn't this March nineteen ninety three? Yeah. Wow, and I was like, is this a different Portishead? Uh, but no, it turns out it is them. Johnny Dollar was involved with the recording of Mass Attack's Blue Lines. Uh-huh. He was in with the, the whole like, wild, wild, bunch, wild bunch. Yeah, uh, he co-wrote Unfinished Sympathy. Apparently, wow. Um, mm-hmm. He worked on Nina Cherry's Roll Like Sushi and co-wrote Seven Seconds for her. Uh-huh. And he also did some early remixes for Portishead. Right. And so they were chummy. Okay, and they worked on this together. And this, as far as I can tell, this is the very first uh, remix they were involved with. Wow! I, it's, wow! It's, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a, a kind of a brave one for a band like Depeche Mode and the record company to go, mm. these guys are unheard of, yeah. but they're cool, we've heard whatever, or they're recommended. They, they, I hadn't heard anything about Portishead at this point. No, right? but you got to remember, though, we are peak era of, like, and Depeche Mode were always fucking on this. Like, they never just released one 12-inch. It was always a oh, double 12-inch right. set yeah. with about... Yeah, yeah, remixes, yeah, yeah. 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 So there were always a lot of remixes to go around. So possibly yeah. not as brave as it would be with, a, with another band, because they had that, I mean, they had fucking... They, they had like, empty pages to fill. <laughs> right, true. Well, isn't it yeah. Jeff Barrow? So it wouldn't necessarily... It, the, the band are called Portishead. But yeah. It's probably just Jeff Barrow. Who oh, I imagine was, so. Yeah. I imagine so. so. He probably knew someone that, and they went, oh, Jeff would be good. Get Jeff in. Or Jeff, yeah. oh, they've gone, Jeff, what can you do with this? Well, yeah, and this guy, Johnny Dollar, was probably the the, the bridge because he had been working mm. on stuff you yeah. know, since late 80s, early 90s. And so he probably went, oh, my mate Jeff. Would you ever trust someone? Oh, God, a mate Jeff who's all right. <laughs> yeah, leave him, to be honest. What's his surname? Barrow. Fuck Jeff that. Barrow. Yeah. <laughs> that basically, that is one of the most working class names you can possibly <laughs> imagine. <laughs> yeah. You know, he might just be called Bricks Van Driver. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a mate called Bricks McBrand driver. <laughs> Dutch. I was going to say, wasn't she in the fall? That's it, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bricks Van driver. Wait, remember uh, the guy who did um, that really fucking schmaltzy love song, Just When I Need, or Just When I Needed You Most? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was yeah. called Randy Van Warmer. Randy Van, yeah, he was. I saw that in a charity shop the other day. Yeah, that's a great single. Randy Van Warmer. <laughs> you, he left me Just When I Needed You Most. Thanks, Randy. Because yeah. <laughs> the, the doors were unlocked. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Uh, now this is a brilliant single. Uh, his voice, like you say, is gossamer smooth. It's yeah. beautifully done. The whole backing is perfect. Yeah, mm-hmm. so good on this one. Lovely. All right, so let's do track number three. Right, this one's called Condomnation. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's in the house. <laughs> oh, and this was the third single. So we're one, two, three on yeah. opening tracks and singles. Come on, dude. It's a bit of Michael Jackson. Heal the uh, world. A little bit. Okay. Yeah. I've, I've, I've described this in my notes as an enormous, massive, satanic gospel confessional. Nice. All right, okay. I think that's it. I love that kind of clap and stomp. Yeah. I really I love that. They've got full-on gospel on so that, this is they? proper gospel, dirty yeah. gospel. 
And this is all the members yeah. of the band. This is all the members of the band. Tambourines, mm. fucking someone's clanging a pipe. Yeah. That's what the recording is. And this is, yeah, this is just, this is another one that's really good to sing in the car. Oh, okay. Love this one. Right. Yeah. yeah I, I haven't quite got the range for this one, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I, what I like here is obviously you, you hear the, the gospel um, kind of standards around it. But it's the familiar meeting, the kind of slightly off key. When you start digging into the sounds in there, and you, know, you hear that that kind of organ mm-hmm. that sounds like a church organ, but it's just a it's little gone bit minor and off kilter. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's everything. You know, it's almost you can hear it and just think you you're hearing the whole song. But then when you listen to it a little bit deeper, you're like, oh no, actually, there's some real fucking nasty under. You know, you know, like when you watch The Exorcist and all, and it's the stuff that's happening oh, in the fucking Jesus, background. Yeah. It just gives you this unease. You like, you kind of know what's going on. Then it's like, oh fuck, there's this. Uh, this is a, again, and probably the biggest vocal on this album. Right. Enormous, right. enormous vocal. Um, again, just. I mean, Gan is on record as saying he reckons this is his best vocal performance, isn't he? It's incredible. Yeah. Uh, okay, could this be about heroin? Here, here we go. Uh, my duty was always to beauty, and that was my crime. Feel elation high to know I can trust this fix of injustice time after time. There's, there are there are words that he's using. It's not it's ostensibly it's not a drug song, I don't think. But there's definitely phrasing that he's using, which well, is I know. Those lines. I think what you could I think what you could argue is it's about people that are looking down on him for his transgressions right sure okay and obviously a prime transgression is this addiction and it's like you know so he's talking about if you look closely you can see why i'm doing this right if you mm-hmm. but you'd rather you'd rather you'd rather judge me for it than understand me for yeah. why yeah yeah, yeah okay. exactly sure yeah, yeah, yeah. sure um when i'm gonna be the i mean i'm not saying it's a bad song at all because mm. it's a very good song uh i don't really even remember this coming out really? as a single not at all yeah. uh this, this came out in september of 93 i'd just gone to university so i was probably just getting pissed at freshers yeah. and i i missed this and I don't really remember it as a big deal since no, then either. No. It wasn't one of the big songs. But, it, it, it's, but it's, it's a song that doesn't really lend itself to being played out. Really. No, it, exactly. Yeah. You'd never hear in a club. No. Um, and I missed it at the time. Didn't have it. Didn't have the album. So I, there was no other way for me to have absorbed this no. in, in any big way. I did know it. I must have heard it throughout the years because it wasn't new to me or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it doesn't have the same resonance because I didn't have it at the time right. being a big thing. I think this is a lovely song. I think it's really nice. I think his vocal performance is very good. I don't see the thing that he's going, this is the best thing I've ever done. Oh, I, I get the it. emotion in it. I, I really enjoy it. But... It's not, again, the sort of thing that I would expect from Depeche Mode of, no. of what I want. So it, to me, is a, a, a strange choice for a single. I think it's a bizarre one to have. You think this is going to go top 10 or whatever. But I get it for a different side of the band at this time. Yeah, I, get, I think I get maybe, that. I think this is a, it's a sign of a band. Maybe they just, you know, I imagine the record company were going, oh, it's not really a single. And they kind of dug their heels in the wind. Oh, I imagine No, no, so. no, we want this out. And yeah. to me, personally, I think it is one of their best ever songs. Right. And, and loads really, of yeah. fans would absolutely yeah. agree with you. And, and, what I, and I think what I'd say to you as well, obviously, this is your, you know, you're kind of, obviously not your first listen because you listen to it a load of times, mm. but your first trip with this record there's an awful lot to take in yeah. and if this is an album that ends up staying with you I would almost say I bet if I revisit this with you in a year or a year or a yeah. couple of years time this will be this will have this will have got its claws that's in that's very you. possible uh, the, the video for this is obviously directed by Anton Corbin uh, <laughs> it's obviously all in kind of sepia 
Uh, and obviously features loads of hot women in monks' robes. There you go. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Monks' yeah. robes, you say? Monks' robes. Nice. Yes, uh, they, uh, they're carrying Dave Gan through some kind of fields, and they eventually deposit him next to this woman in a, a wedding dress sort of thing, mm. and then just put chains around them and padlock them and fuck off again. Yeah, right. So, yeah, it seems to be that's the way. And they've got a, a book <laughs> with them they're carrying called Condemned to Love. Ah. So that's your message there, mate. I'd, Whatever. Cool. Thanks, yeah. Anton. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, look, that's the first three tracks. The first three tracks and the first three singles. Um, so we're about a third of the way through, but let's do a quick break and talk about what else was going on uh, in the albums uh, yeah. this week in 1993. Lovely. Uh, so the week of the top 10 that I'm doing is March 28th to April 3rd, the same week as this one was number one. Number 10 uh, was Katie Lang's Ingenue, uh, which is an album that we actually, we mentioned last week, uh, one of both of us going, don't really know it, no. and also kind of don't really care. But we, uh, we were picked up on this on Facebook. Yeah, uh, and exactly. It was Bren, who's a regular kind of contributor and commentator on a lot of our social media. He said that he thinks this is a brilliant album and... We should check it out. Uh, he posted up one of the songs off it, which I did have a listen to on YouTube, and it was lovely. Mm. I will give it that. It was lovely. So I've probably written it off for being dull and, you know, a bit stayed <laughs> without any justification. That's because you're a massive homophobe. But there is that. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah, probably yeah. mostly that. Yeah. Number nine in the charts is PM Dawn's The Bliss Album, which is a new entry, uh, which was, you know, just another pop rap album yeah it, I remember that set of drift on no, memory bliss exactly. it was. It was, yeah, nothing yeah. special about it yeah. number 8 is uh, Best of Randy Crawford fair enough yeah. number 7 is Annie Lennox Diva which we did an episode on we've seen many times that was huge wasn't it that oh, it was, it was, yeah because the episode we did was you know from 92 yeah and so this is just kind of kept yeah. coming, coming back yeah, coming yeah. Back. yeah. Uh, it, well, it's because the singles were out all the time and so every time one came out Bam, there you go, top and then 10. And Dracula came out. And, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, sure. Uh, number six is Eric Clapton's Unplugged. Uh, number five is uh, last week's one, Lenny Kravitz, Are You Gonna Go My Way? Which yeah. we did. Uh, you can have a listen to that one. I used to love that song. Well, yeah, we yeah, like that, the, video, the video of the guy... When the guy the guy jumps, he's, he's dressed all in black and he jumps off the thing with all the crowd and he just and it's oh into yeah. the yeah, stage and he into, looks yeah. fucking great yeah so cool and, there's a, a, and, a, and a lady drummer yeah yes Dude, do you Brilliant. remember the rest of the album no neither did we fucking <laughs> yeah. there's a reason for that mate it's shit yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all good a bit song dull. mate yeah. Uh, yeah number cool. four in the charts is Hot Chocolate's Greatest Hits number three is Iron Maiden with a real live one yeah the classic Iron Maiden live album is it that the kind of definitive well no no god no this no. isn't this isn't the classic at all what oh. I mean is the classic album and then live album cycle oh I see what you mean right it, having said that Depeche Mode always do the same thing as well they always have an album and a live album mm. they, do they? yeah they always release a live album after every album oh what like from 101 onwards because they weren't much, doing it yeah. in the 80s, were they? Uh, I, I don't know, but certainly, right. you know, every, you know, like, you know, the, the, uh, this one's devotional. Uh, right, sure. There's the videos and the, the songs are like yeah, Faith and Devotion Live. And, you know, they, they put out the, the kind of the Spirit Tour oh, album see. this year. They, they always get a studio album, a tour, and then a live album out of it. It's just... That makes and, sense. And it's literally... They Bang. are... Depeche Mode are regular as clockwork. You can literally look and you can go, right, okay, I can I can pretty much tell you within a month when their next album will come out. I it's, see. It's always, okay. it's always basically three years. Mm. I have a two-year tour, I've got a live album, it's an 18-month tour, yeah. live album in there. You can pretty much nail it on. And fuck it, it's oh, seemed to work for I think it's right, because this the tour that they did off the back of this one, the devotional tour, it was 14 months long, 27 countries, it was absolutely ever. It was 
a huge production. Yeah. Um, and and on Corbin designed the stage. Obviously. Uh, so presumably it was black and black white and naked yeah. women. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Or monks. But yeah. if you're going to do that, if you're going to, you know, make the effort and spend the money on doing that, you might as well put a DVD on. You might as well yeah, have course. a live yeah. album. What, it's there. Yeah. You know, do it. Well, I think it was more, they started to do more arty things with their we, all bands did. That's true. Know? Yeah. Well, you too kind of upped the game on that, yeah, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. Well, then you had you know, on CTV. On, you had uh, the Cure and Orange. Mm, okay. You know, that yeah. was quite epic right. for a live document. Right. You know, so yeah, no, it makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, so I mean, uh, that's going to be the live album from Fear of the Dark, presumably. Uh, yeah, you'd guess. Uh, obviously, Fear of the Dark was not the the classic Iron Maiden album, but the live that's, album is mm. going to feature songs from the entire era. Right. You know. So fan base are straight yeah. back in again. I'm never, I'm never a massive fan of the Iron Maiden live albums. I know a load of Maiden fans who fucking love them better than studio right. records, but you know, yeah, yeah. they are what they are. We've we've discussed uh, Iron Maiden and had different opinions on Iron Maiden on this oh, podcast totally. before. We, we discussed Fear of the Dark in its own episode. Yeah, yeah we've we've covered that. Uh, and the number two is Brian Ferry, a new entry with an album called Taxi, which I don't remember. Well, I do one remember that. Bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then by now he's. Well into his crooner stage. I was going to say, surely he's is almost like yeah. Rod Stewart cover version. Yeah, basically, point. yeah, yeah. Right. American Songbook Forty Five. Yeah, right? yeah, it's that yeah, sort yeah. of style. Yeah. Fine, I don't remember it. But one bit. <laughs> I tell you what, I saw Iron Maiden's plane. I was driving to Gatwick, and it flew in. Oh, and they've got this yeah. great big silver plane with Iron Maiden written, yeah, written on the sweet. side. If, yeah, if yeah. anyone's never seen the Flight Six 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 documentary, that is one mm. of my favourite uh, music documentaries. You don't really have to even be a fan of Iron Maiden no. to appreciate it. Oh, okay, yeah. If you if you've never seen it, watch it, man. No, no, no. It's great. It's, it's just the, the the enormous scale of what they do and the fact that they are so beloved and so popular mm -hmm. in places that no one tours on that scale, and the fact that they just had because. Bruce Dickinson is a is basically a, 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 a jumbo jet pilot. Yeah, they, the, what they were able to do was just get like a massive seven five seven. I think it's a seven five seven. I'm not a fucking plane nerd, and gut half of it so it would accommodate their their entire kind of uh, touring right. needs. And they just fly into places that you'd never get these tours. And they were playing huge shows in places, you know, the bits of South America, bits oh, of, kind huge of, bits there, of Southeast Asia, right. you know, just bits of places where people just don't play. And so and it's, it's one of the biggest grossing tours of all time as a result. I see. Okay. Oh, there you go. Fair play. Uh, right. So the top 10 is nothing really yeah. nothing great wishy in there wishy -washy, total wishy-washy yeah. well, we, we are definitely very much in Britannia music club oh, territory aren't we, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but if we look at the two weeks uh, like I was talking about March 21st to 3rd of April other stuff that came out and I'm going to start off with a couple that I'm like well this must have been dreadful uh, Coverdale Page self-titled oh, I remember that there's a, there's a couple of songs on that Coverdale on that Page one, on that one yeah yeah well, that's enough. it. There's a couple, and the rest are quiet. Right. Sort of, I imagine yeah. it's a bit up its own arse. Yeah. Well, my I've, guess. A little bit. Okay. I'm going to tell you. I've I've some fond memories of that record, but Fine. I, but I haven't heard it for a very long time. Fine. Uh, well, the Choir Boys released "Bittersweet and Twisted." Couldn't give a shit. But <laughs> I can, again, only imagine is awful. Weirdly, I, my parents are huge Choir Boys fans. What? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where did that happen? I don't know. I don't know. My dad recently gave me his record collection. Uh -huh. And in there, I think that's in there. And there's a couple of others. They were huge choir wow. boys. I remember ringing up. I had nerd from him for a bit. So I rang him up. I rang my mum's mobile. I'm like, just checking in on you. You're all right. Where are you? I went, oh, we're at Alice Cooper. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. yeah. And, in, and my dad's 75. You, you still wear so cowboy Alice boots. Cooper. Mate, you missed the trick there. You should have been like, uh, I phoned up my mum. I was like, hey, you. Hey. Fuck you, cunts. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> right, yeah. So choir boys, it, it means nothing to me. No. At all. I remember the, whatever singles at seven o'clock and that sort of stuff. But uh, right, uh, American Music Club released Mercury. That got to number forty-one, and I remember get that, that getting press. It was NME press, but again, it was a bit too worthy and. Dull I, I don't. Know. I don't think I could have. I don't think I could have told you that American Music Club were a band. That's that's no, how right. far off no. my radar that Mark, is. Mark Eitzel. No. Oh, I know that. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's no, like that, his name. He, yeah, yeah that, that was him. Uh, Ice T released Home Invasion. Got to number fifteen. Got that album. Go. Obviously, it got the uh, the original uh, Ninety Nine Problems on it. Yes, it does. Yeah, it's got the original uh, thing yeah. that the Ice T. Uh, sorry, that uh, Jay Z uh, took that from. Yeah, uh, indeed. Oh, okay. Also featuring Brother Marquise from Two Live Crew on that track. Oh, was he? Yeah. All right. Okay. I'm imagining you had that. Of course, away. I had that. Yeah, yeah. I got that. That was one of the albums I bought in America. It. It's not a brilliant album. It's the there's some moments on it, but it's yeah. the kind of the last great Ice T solo album was OG. Fair enough. All right. Uh, Marksman released 30 revolu- 33 revolutions per minute. Uh, got number 69 in terms of you know, UK hip hop. Yeah. yeah. Bristol crew, weren't I, they? I don't, don't remember Marksman. I, I remember reading about them and yeah. I, I think I've saw them in hip hop connection and stuff, but I don't remember yeah, any of their songs. No, no, no. no. Uh, Butthole Surfers released Independent Worm Saloon. Oh, wow. mm-hmm. Only got to number 73. That's a fun record. You know, it's funny. I went through a thrash metal stage and we went to see uh, DRI. Uh, I can't remember where it was. Nice. It, was right. it was like Town and Country Club or something like that. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. Dirty, Dirty Rotten Imbeciles. I remember going to see The Exploited as well. Oh, nice. of course. And then uh, I remember that was one only time I did a stage dive. So my mate Pat and I ended up on the stage and we're like, right, we've got to jump. All the mosh pits going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's uh-huh. do that. All your arms are up. We're like, right, okay, what do we do? We go, you just got to jump. You've got to jump. And my mate took a run up and disappeared through the back curtain. <laughs> he just tripped over the wires and he's gone. <laughs> So I'm on stage on my own, and I'm like, oh, fuck, fuck. So I jumped, I dived, but I missed the mosh pit, and then hit the gap between the mosh pit and the crowd, and I went straight into the floor like a fucking lawn dart. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Oh, mate. Yeah, yeah. Javelin it straight. Yeah, just like, ding, into the floor. (laughs) And I was so embarrassed. I, like, hit the floor, but then stood up immediately and got cramp. And I just... (laughs) <laughs> and then stumbled off into the crowd. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, mate, cramp after yeah, a stage yeah, dive yeah, is yeah. one of my yeah. favourite uh, favorite stories I've ever heard. Wonderful stuff. Well so, yeah, yeah um, obviously, anytime the uh, battle surfers come up, I always want to regurgitate your dad's story back then. Oh, right, yeah. No, uh, my dad uh, went to live in America like throughout the 80s mm. and uh, did music over there. He lived in Texas and he got... His band was friendly with the bottle surfers, and he, one of the things that he said to me about just how bizarre they were was yeah. that he'd go around Gibby Haynes' house, and they had uh, the record player was in the main room, uh, but it was linked up to a windmill on the roof, okay. and so it would only play if wind was going, and it would be completely dependent on what how strong the oh wind God. was as to what speed it would go. So you <laughs> you couldn't listen to anything that just normal. It would be like fucking this is ridiculously fast or on a nice calm day it would be just a yeah. and that's how they listen to music that's <laughs> that explains <laughs> that explains everything <laughs> yeah. you need to surface album yeah indeed oh yeah oh no oh you just you need to play this with the wind yeah that's right. it yeah on yeah. a windy day fuck yeah uh, Stereolab released Space Age Bachelor Pad Music EP which is one of the first times I remember hearing about Stereolab I've only then. started to reinvestigate Stereolab they've got some very interesting yeah. I, I mean a lot of it is a bit too wanky for me yeah um, it's, it's very kind of pretentious and that sort of business but some of it's actually really catchy I have no skin in the game at all no, Stereolab but you I bet you do with Shakira, wow. who released a Peligro, which was her really? second album. 
the fuck? The second album. I don't think I became aware of Shakira until about 2000. No, not at all. I can only guess. I mean, uh, where's she from? I want to say Brazil, but maybe it's Colombia. It's it's somewhere in South America. But I I can only imagine that she just had a multitude of albums over there. Yeah. uh, And was a huge star. that's what it was. For the decade before she even tried to be this international thing. But it is funny. There's people like that, like Shakira, Celine Dion, Mm -hmm. that they just become... I don't know how they make any money, but they're billionaires. So, yeah, yeah, bam, done. Yeah. Yeah. Like, how have you made all that money? Well, I mean, Celine Dion has done it by fucking having album after album yeah. of incredibly well-selling, turgid songs. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, marrying a millionaire. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, and, yeah, yeah, and, well, yeah, and having residuals on the song from the largest gross oh, yeah, box office film enough. of all time. Oh, that'll do it. Well, yeah, not, yeah, well yeah. obviously not anymore. That, but, no, uh, at the time. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Uh, cop, shoot, cop. Released Ask Questions Later, yeah, which I remember at the time, and I had friends oh, talk, talking to me about it and going, this is incredible, you have to hear this. And I listened to it and I went, this is okay. Yeah, yeah for me, they were one of those bands that they had a lot of hype about they were going to be this. Right. And, and you listen to it and it's like, oh yeah, this is a, right. an absolutely fine this version is a of passable. other stuff, but mm. it's not never making it into my you know, kind of rotation. No, I, mean, I had friends who were talking about it almost in the same breath as, oh, the Rage Against the Machine debut album, that sort of stuff. And I got listened what? to it and was like, pardon? I don't no, hear what you're hearing. No, yeah, people, don't. people are fucking idiots. So. <laughs> uh, and the last one I've got on here is Lords of the Underground. Oh, here come the Lords. Yeah. Here come the Lords. What? Yeah. Here come the Lords. Even at the time, Lords of the Underground were kind of a fringe concern. Oh, definitely, yeah. yeah. It's like, it, it, it depended where you went. If you went to like a rock club in Manchester or Nottingham, you were going to hear Lords of the Underground. Right. They had a bit of that crossover because they had a bit of the oh, kind of the heaviness in the that. beats. Like, Here Come the Lords is a fucking great show. Chief Rocker is a fucking great show. I don't remember Chief Rocker. Uh, right. Honestly, I mean, I listen to that album still. Um, okay. It's, it's yeah. a good fucking record, man. Those big fucking horn breaks. Sure. Uh, honestly, I, I, have, fun a, I have a big hot spot, a, a big soft spot for Lords of the Underground. Well, there you go. Just that, made a note, stuck it on my phone. Yeah, I forgot Lovely. Next day, tune in uh, next Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> Stick it on, oh, yeah. the, on the Is LinkedIn show. Uh, right, there you go. There's a few albums anyway. Uh, this is pretty, not bad. Some yeah. good stuff in there. Yeah, not, a, not, a, not a classic week, I would say. No, it's not. No. It's not, you know, September 1991, but yeah, fair enough. It's All not right. bad. Lovely. All right, well, let's crack back into this Depeche Mode record then. So we're going into track four. This one is called Mercy In You. And yeah, this is the first song that we come across that wasn't a single. Mm-hmm. And it's worthy of being a single. Yeah, that fucking break beat, man. That's nice. Yeah, Basically yeah, the fucking nice. amen break. <laughs> it's a, yeah, fucking tape loops everywhere. All the sounds are really fucked with. You can hear this kind of slidey guitar that's been processed within an inch of its life. Uh-huh. And we've got another utterly fucking melancholic redemption mercy song. Sure. You've got some really kind of breathy, chanty, kind of mantra-esque bits in the backing vocals. The backing vocals are brilliant on this song. They absolutely make it. Yeah. It kind of adds into that kind of religious kind of feel, I think. It's got that kind of chanty... Yeah. yeah, And it's called Mercy in You, so they are going straight for the jugular on that. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just that, to yeah, it's yeah. That. I mean, it, it, it's he's singing about submitting to God and being forgiven, yeah, seeking yeah, forgiveness. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. right, looking for the mercy yeah. in you. But then, 
It could also be a little bit about heroin. <laughs> it really it's like, I can't conceal the way I'm healed, the pleasure I feel when I have to deal with the mercy in you, you know. It's just a little bit. And that's, like that, that is just saying, like the lyrics now, he's just saying, look, I'd do it all again just so I could call upon the mercy in you. Indeed, yeah. 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 And, and and this is the thing, is, you know, you, you know, obviously heroin is one hell of a fucking drug. Sure. Because, you know... Like everyone, everyone knows what the downsides of heroin are, right? Yeah. But there, there, and there is a reason why people that get into heroin go, ah, well. Yeah. <laughs> you know? but the pro- the apparently, the first time you try heroin, I've never done it, but the first time you do it, it's supposed to be so euphoric, yeah, and so up there, which is why people go back to it, and mm-hmm. and that's why they call it chasing the dragon because yeah. you're, you will never reach that peak again, yeah, because it's that brilliant. And so that's what you're forever chasing this, and that, and that's why you get fucked. But and that's yeah. why I would never ever fucking try it because no. I know me well enough, and I have never ever done something that I really liked just once. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I know someone that told me very recently actually that they'd done something. I can't remember what it was, but it had heroin mixed into it. Right. And they said the f- they they felt like they've never felt before. And it scared them so much they never went back to it. Shit. It was yeah. just a level of euphoria right. that was actually was actually quite frightening. Yeah. You know? Must so, be, man. Must yeah. be. And if you know, and if you've got fucking problems in the world, mm. then if you find that escape hatch, then yeah, you're gonna go true. down it. Of course yeah. you are. But on the upside, you might end up as cool as Dave Gahan. You know, there is <laughs> well, that there's, possibility. There's something to be said for getting into a getting into a heroin hole if you're a millionaire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you're a millionaire and already kind of a sex god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's weird. I was I was sat and I, I was I was down here in the workshop and I was I was listening to my like my grunge compilation. Yeah. And you can't help but do this thing where you go through. The songs, and you go, Oh, the singer's dead, the singer's dead. Oh, sure, the singer's okay, dead. Yeah, yeah. And part of me just, you know, just stupidly just went, oh, Isn't it so strange that that, you know, that it's this genre? And, and then I just listen to every song, and I'm like, Oh, hang on, every one of these songs is about heroin, uh-huh. and that's why they're all dead, even well, if it wasn't heroin that killed yeah, them. Well, it's funny you say that, but then when you listen, you look into Elastica, Blur. Mm. Like Damon and and um, I can't remember her Justine. Name. Justine were heroin addicts. They mm-hmm. were doing heroin, and you go, you were doing heroin. What mm. the fuck, man? Brett, Brett Anderson, Brett Anderson, yeah. all of that, and it, and like you say, there are no good heroin stories. Like I used to do a bit about this, right. but no one ever enters the room. and go, you're looking well, man. That's all the heroin I've been doing. Yeah, yeah. Your teeth look amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like nature's toothpaste. <laughs> <laughs> oh hello Miles Davis yeah, you're looking yeah, yeah. good oh, mate Chet Baker looking fantastic oh, wow I mean the, I, I tell you what man like, and uh, you, you are right there are no good heroin stories because fucking Damon Arborn took it and he's still alive I fucking hate Damon Arborn I love gorillas I love fucking like all primates I hate fucking Damon Arborn anyway carry on what is the hatred for Damon Albarn? Everyone seems to have it. It's because he's a fucking, an art school fucking pretentious right. fucking prick that ruins every music project he's involved in. <laughs> but um, I, I, Honestly, man, don't get me into this. I've got, it, no, we, we've still got to do a Blur album at some we, point. We, yeah, 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 yeah. Done yet. I, I don't... And, well, you know, coming up, you must have... Uh, it'll be Park Life is 94, so we're definitely going to be there. When was Modern Life is Rubbish? It wasn't a number one. Was it not? No, no. We've seen that oh, come wow. out, but it wasn't okay. number one. Yeah. Right. Anyway, so sorry, mate. <laughs> back, back, in, back into this song. Yeah. Sure. I, I, again, this isn't a single, but it's it, not. It is a bit for me. It's a very, very great atmospheric album track, which comes at the same subject matter, 
this is what because there's so much similar subject matter on this album, sure. but the angles and the way that the vocals and the and the like the kind of the, the the beats kind of sit. I guess there's enough variance in them that mm. each of these songs for, for me stands in their own right, and I really like this song. I think it's a yeah. really good song. Yeah, Rich, you you sound like I you absolutely really like it as well. love this song. Right, it's another one that just the, the backing vocals for me make it they, it's that sort of right. choir esque sort of sound. Beautiful. Right. I'm, det- I'm beautiful detecting song. a butt coming in. Oh, well, I, I don't get it. I think this is fine. I, th- I do think it's a bit pedestrian. I think there's not much going on in right. this one. Um, and it's almost like they've forgotten to write a hook. But perhaps it's because I've only heard it like five or six I times. I think if you give it another couple of bashes, it might be I a think grower. When it, when it goes into the chorus, uh-huh. I think that's that's the bit for me. It, it, uh, and then the backing yeah. vocals. Right, okay. That's, what, that's the bit that gets okay. and, 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 and that's the thing with this record again. I've lived with this record for a very, very long time. Yeah. And outside of I Feel You, I can't remember what my favourite tracks were when I first heard this. Right. Again, this isn't one of my favourite tracks at the minute, but I know that I've been through a period where all of a sudden this song has caught me yeah. and, it, and it's been the one I wanted to go back and listen to. And okay. that's how I've, that's a funny thing about this record. It's If you listen to it as a whole for long enough, different bits of it will stand out to right. you. It's almost like times. a concept album almost. It, like the whole album... Is one theme of uh, like sin, redemption. Yeah, you know, just forgiveness. Ju- forgiveness mm. You know, I'm, you know, I know I fucked up, but I need. I just want you to see who I see the real me and see why mm. I did what I did, and just see that I'm trying to make me- make amends. And so much of it is sung, as you said, directly at either another human being or mm. heroin. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I, I don't think this is bad at all, no. uh, but I, I don't get the same pleasure from it that you guys obviously mm. do because you've had it for so much longer. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's all right. I think it's perfectly fine. I can see why it wasn't a single. It's an, a decent album track. Mm. Perfectly fine. Okay, well, let's do the next track, which is Judas. Indeed. Very much a fan favourite, this one. Is it now? Mm. Mm. I found this one quite unusual compared yeah, well, to the rest of the album. Well, because mm-hmm. you kind of got this kind of dreamy kind of soundscape, yeah. haven't you? It's This is almost like... The, pipes. This is almost kind of like what yeah. it must feel like to be on the skag. Oh, maybe so. But this isn't sung by Dave Garn, is it? No. I mean, I'm assuming this is a Martin Gore. Yeah. This is yes, him this on vocals, is like, yeah. yeah. Who wrote the the lyric? Do we know who wrote the lyrics to this? I'm not sure. I didn't. I don't have no. the CDs. So I didn't see it. didn't say on Wikipedia. I don't like these Julian Pipes, I'll be honest. Ah, I don't I, like this. I like how this song I, really I like, like this. how this song ends. Okay. It ends really well. Right. Initially when I first I remember hearing this going, oh, I'm not a fan of this. Yeah. But, but the end is it builds up to a wonderful ending. It's I really see. nice. Yeah, it fades I, out okay, really nice. Sure. Yeah. I, I really, really, really like the the way this kind of sits, man. Obviously again, we're deep in a religious allegory, but very much. Th- I mean this is just utter self-abasement isn't it someone tearing themselves apart you know yeah. the guilt of the lyric you know uh, if you want my love you're gonna have to fucking suffer and it's not necessarily presenting yeah. it from the point of view of like you deserve to suffer it's more like you know more like a kind of a self-acceptance that people are gonna suffer if they're around them right sure yeah um, and if you do take it with the kind of the religious allegory it's him putting himself in the, uh, in the position of being God, who happens to be a bit of a dick, yeah. and going, all right, yeah, if you want my love, 
mm. you are gonna have to go through some absolute shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like there's no justification for it. Yeah. There's no. He's not saying like I'm really sorry, but this is just the way it is. He's going, no, all right, you want it? Mm. Well, fucking work for it, <laughs> and you're not gonna like a lot of it. Yeah, it's like that risk, think, risk your health for me. That's yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it is that, isn't it? It's that kind of yeah. I know, I know who, I know what I am. I know who I am, and and I'm doing my best, mm. but I'm telling you now, if you get involved with me. This is gonna. This might not end well. I've warned yeah. you. I'm a bit of a cunt, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And I'm not gonna make any effort at all to make any any changes. <laughs> it's because so that's how big a cunt I am. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna do it. Yeah. Oh, no, you want this more than I do. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah arrogant cunt. Yeah. <laughs> no, honestly, it is. And like in the back of the track, you got this kind of rising lilt, which gives, keeps it in with that kind of again kind of gospel-y inflection yeah. uh -huh. Uh -huh. so again you wouldn't listen to that and go oh this is a gospel song but you but you can feel the the kind of the roots just the, the rhythms of it and the way it, were, it kind of swirls up towards right, yeah. the end it's a really nice there's a lot going on it's a, and it does it just ends beautifully it's really nice that's like the last I don't know the last few bars it's really nice but it reminds me I worked at a funeral directors and we were working at we were at this funeral and it was a it was a black funeral, and the reason I point that out is this because we were we all stood around the grave. It was early in the morning, and the, there was like a low f sort of mist. Across. It was proper yeah. Hollywood esque, mm. looking out amongst the gravestones. It's yeah. low fog, low mist, and we were sort of stood around preparing the grave when the family arrived. And then the f and then people just started arriving out of the mist from different directions, right? right? But they were all sort of humming and singing this this gospel song. Right. Really low, really beautiful. I was like, ooh. Right? And, uh -huh. then, and I stood, and the, I didn't even tell you now that I could feel the hair on the back of my neck going up. And they all appeared out of nowhere, and then they all arrived around the grave, and they all just kept like swaying and singing and humming this really nice gospel, beautiful low gospel song. Wow. About, I, I can't remember what it was about. It was like something like, like take me into your arms, sure, Lord, and yeah. all that sort of thing. And it was fucking beautiful. That is beautiful. absolutely like something out of a film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It absolutely. was spectacular. It's I don't like know. Coen Brothers film. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. It was uh, like, you know, I tell people that and they and they'd probably go, no, it probably wasn't quite like that. It was exactly like right. that. Because yeah. I still, I remember sitting in the, in the limousine afterwards, after we dropped the family off. I just sort of sat there and I'm like, fuck, man, that was so surreal. No, yeah. But this is what that reminds me of, that kind of swirling at the end of this. When you talk about miss swirling, and, yeah, yeah, I, yeah I, I think this is an uh, uh, absolutely fucking wonderful mm. album track. It sits yeah. in the middle of it. Again, I've seen him play this live. It's, it's, yeah. I just really, really like it. It just kind of starts shit. And it's not that, very enticing that, to begin with. It's sort of like, a, oh, here's here's the new single by Sting. You know, <laughs> right, fine. How fucking dare you? Oh, Jesus. mate, he, he had Julian Pipes on that album. All right, and yeah, a loot, Jerry's loot album. <laughs> <laughs> give me the loot, give me the loot. Hand over the money. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking, someone should do a hip-hop album in a historic style called just Hank, give me the loot. And it's just, yeah, it's just minstrels with their yeah. loots. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I'll be honest, this this song does nothing for me. No. Absolutely nothing. I think this is a bit flimsy. Uh, I think, uh, But I have very little uh, love for a lot of the Martin Gore songs. Because yeah, he yeah. always does ones that are uh, very sparse. Mm. Uh, more just like him and the piano, that sort of mm. thing. And so, again, it's not what I want to hear from the best. Can Mode be a song. bit pretentious sometimes. Yeah, yeah, and for me, this song, there is absolutely no hook to it at all. It's just him doing his, his singing singing a monologue yeah. um, so I don't feel anything well, from this I think this. I don't it's funny with music because I always see it as like a painting and I know that sounds pretentious and wank but 
So when I'm listening to stuff, like I say, I can I, that the bit at the end is all swirling up, and mm-hmm. then the backing vocals are coming in, and I could just see it. I could just see this this wonderful imagery, which is why it resonates. I don't really, I don't really listen to songs like this and uh-huh. go, "Oh, this is this is a song I'm listening to." It's always something else. I can see, it conjures right, up imagery okay. for me. Yeah. So. I mean, takes it beyond the music. You could sure. say it's gorgeous. Oh, oh no, God, you could, oh, but we're not no. going to. Mm, all right, fuck Good you. Lord. Okay, well, uh, so you're, you're wrong on that song, but um, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it does happen from I'll time take to that. time. That's fine. <laughs> uh, all right, let's do track number six. Okay, this is in your room. Oh, we're in John Carpenter territory. Oh, oh it's yeah, very much yeah. like the thing, isn't yeah, it? it is. Yeah. Crazy sweets, the Norwegian Mac. <laughs> yeah, for, you know, funnily enough, fun, funnily enough, that's, that's one. Of the, that's his only film that he didn't do the soundtrack to. Is that's Ennio Morricone did the soundtrack to that one? No, really. Oh, well. But it sounds like a John Carpenter soundtrack. Yeah, so. it does. Yeah. But no, I definitely see what you're saying with but, this. Yeah, hear these kind of processed, kind of like, like super kind of. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know what the right word for it. It's, it's like kind of a, a really a valvey sound. It's, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what the sound is. It's that kind of ambient, kind of held note in the background. Oh, okay, it's that kind of background. All right. This reminds me of being. I was seeing somebody <clears throat> that I shouldn't have been seeing. We shouldn't have been seeing each other, and the whole relationship was pretty toxic. Uh-huh. But I just could not stop seeing her. I knew it was bad. All knew right. I shouldn't have been doing it. But every time we were in each other's arms in the in her room, uh-huh. going, "This is I can't." I'm, it's really cliche, I know, but it's you like, I'm fucking powerless to this. Mm. I know that you're fucking me up, but Heroin. I can't. Yeah, basically, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> MDMA, <laughs> wank myself into oblivion. I was actually talking to a mirror. <laughs> This other person. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know you're bad for me. You're your saucy bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was a relationship that I shouldn't have been in and shouldn't have done. It was a mess. But there was... A, so this song really resonates with me again where you're really just... Something about that. There was just, we were just in this... Whenever we were together and it was fucking powerful and so toxic and awful. Ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this really speaks to me. Okay. I mean, like, you know, just like the actual bones of this song like the, the, how big that vocal stands initially over the track and how much sadness there is in there this to me like the chorus on this song the amount of regret yeah. and it's like the chorus is just unassailable I, I love the way it comes together it's, it's one of my favourite choruses on this record oh, right, yeah. these live drums that just make such a fucking difference it sounds so kind of big and organic mm-hmm. Um, like the, vo- the the choral vocal arrangements that we're hearing, kind of coming underneath at the moment. Um, it, it, for me, this song's kind of got the punch and resonance of of Nine Inch Nails, but it replaces that kind of raw anger with these much more kind of nuanced, like kind of feelings of sadness. Right. Uh, and it, but it's, and it just makes me feel so many things again. Yeah, yeah. This song, yeah. Again, like just. There's, there's so many things about this song I like. There's this weird kind of dunk as it knocks into the chorus. Mm, sound is just—it's yeah. just one of those perfect sounds that transitions between the two parts. It's six minutes twenty-three. This song. This is the longest one on the album, and for me, it earns every fucking second of it. Although there is a little bit towards the end that sounds a little bit like the breakdown in Turtle Power. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a fucking harsh yeah. U-turn over there. No, it's, just, it's a good bit of turtle power. Right, I don't okay. like turtle power, but there is a bit. Where yeah. it's... But I think yeah, it's that it is that you know you can hear he's like I 
shouldn't be here. I can't resist you though. Right, you know, and right, okay. it's that it's that f- I'm I'm really hooked in, and I know we're probably really bad for each other. Or oh, you're this this is a powerful where wh- 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 whoever he's talking to. Yeah, they've got so much power over him that he just can't yeah. resist, but he knows it's fucking him up. Well, I think we know who he's talking to. <laughs> Quite heroin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Alan Wilder of the band is he's quoted as saying he thinks that this song and Walking in My Shoes were. I mean, a some of the best work mm. that the band had done, but he says they're easily his favourites of this album. Yeah. And I like the fa- I do like the dark imagery, and I like the full feel of it. Mm. I really do. I don't think it needs six minutes. Uh, I think it's it's overstays its welcome a little bit, um, but it does pound along mm. and force you with it. Yeah. This was also the fourth single. Uh, but the single version was very different. Right. It was a pre- reproduced almost by Butch Vig, and they put a load more kind of oh, yeah. rock guitars on it because mm-hmm. that's what was in vogue at the time. That's what yeah. Butch Vig did. And again, Alan Wilder was fucking fuming apparently oh, really? when they released yeah. that as a single version. He he because he pushed for this to be a single at the first place, and then they went, "Oh, no problems, but we're going to do this with yeah, it." Yeah, yeah, and yeah. he was furious. And I I would very much I think understand why you'd be angry if you mess with this song because it's right. such a fucking nuanced song and everything is a hundred percent in its place. Yeah, it's, it's just everything in this track, like just from the like the vocal phrasing where it's like that hanging on mm, your breath and then the yeah. pause living and your breath, mm-hmm. and it's just the the way it kind of. Yeah. Again, I get this sometimes when, and obviously it's, it's a bad thing when you, what you're trying to do is translate your feelings into words. But right. This this song, I love it so much that I almost rail against putting what, into words thing? exactly why I like it so much okay. because I'm almost scared I'll break it for myself. But this, <laughs> again, this is one of my very, very, very favourite Depeche Mode songs. Is it? I, yeah. I, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's such a such a big kind of deep cut and everything is, it, it, it's the precision of it, but with that organic feel and just with the sadness, the absolute sadness and right. the kind of human connection and the... Uh, uh, of the vocal, I I just love this song so very 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 much. Evidently, oh, I, yeah, I, I do. Mm. Yeah. Wow, absolutely. Would you say that uh, whenever you first heard the album, we could release, was this instant or no. was it a grower? Uh, for, for me, it was instant. The yeah. album was in, I instantly loved it. I remember but this song, like <clears throat> this when you got to yeah. this one, you were like, oh, and this is another. Fucking yeah, 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 definitely. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. I, for, for, me, for, a few uh, to even slightly. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say for me, this was this was a, a deeper cut. This was yeah. it, I, I didn't I wasn't with this straight away because the things that really stand out on this song for me are the just the little nuances, the little in the same way that I like the minutiae of a tool song. Uh-huh. And you know you have to absorb it a lot before you really fully understand what it is. Right. Okay. For, you know I don't mean that fucking pretentious like oh you just don't understand it for me <laughs> yeah. because I'm thick and I need to to process it. I need to hear these things a few to, a few times. And right. this one again, the more and more I heard it, the more I, I kind of I realised how much I liked it. Okay. No, fair enough. Because I think again, I think this is a good song, mm. uh, but I don't remember it even slightly uh, no, right. from the time. And I don't think I have heard this in the way that I've probably heard Condemnation a couple of times yeah. since this. I don't remember this at all. I don't no. think I've ever heard this before. Wow. And so it didn't particularly hit me in any way. I think it's nice. I think it's all right. Yeah. Um, I'll be honest, I probably would prefer the single version because it's a bit more 
oomph to it. Well, what I would suggest, actually, if you get the opportunity... Um, Go uh, fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll take it from here. <laughs> yeah, if you get the opportunity... Beachy head. <laughs> uh, no, there's on on the tour show that I saw. There was a video which I presume was directed by Anton Corbin that they played uh-huh. in the background of this. Is the kind of a woman with the red dress dancing. Yep. Um, and I, I think there's. I think there are from the spirits in the in the trees or whatever the the new thing is. I would imagine that footage exists live. Right. And I'd suggest if you can find that and check that out. Okay. It was it like the whole the, the you know again live. It, it was it was my favourite moment in the live set. Yeah. Because it was like the lighting design and everything that they did live with this video taking centre stage. So the enormous screen behind it. Right. And there was a real sometimes what was going on behind the screen was just kind of lights and the focus was on. On the band but other times they kind of seeded the focus on themselves to what was happening and the and right the, and that was so much part of the performance okay and, no, that, and that is i think that it would make a, it more than yeah that's the, a real gateway into it i mean i love the song anyway don't get me wrong sure. but it, it, for me that was the most perfect moment of that show oh wow okay no, that sounds very cool Mm. And I mean, you're probably right. It must have been Anton Corbin because there is a video for this, and it was obviously directed by Anton Corbin. It obviously has lots of black and white shots of a road <laughs> in the middle of nowhere, and it obviously features some members of the band in bondage gear being strapped into a chair. Yeah, so standard to Pesh Mode Anton Corbin yeah. video, really. Uh, but it, this one actually, the video is, is quite fun for a Depeche Mode video because he is putting loads of references to other Depeche Mode mm. videos. He says it's because he didn't know if he was going to get the chance to do any more. So he right, kind of okay. put a load of Easter eggy things in there. So there are bits from, I think, Halo. There's lots of clown faces. Yeah. There's, uh, there's bits from Personal Jesus. There's kind of these little mm. images. You go, oh, I know that. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's, that's you know, Blasphemous Rumours. Nice. It, it's, it's good fun. Awesome. Yeah. Um, but it also does have a little bit of classy side boob in it, which meant it got banned uh, yeah. from any primetime play on MTV in the States. Isn't it I mean, funny that things like that, the, the, the song Relax got banned? You know, like, oh, that was fucking Mike Reed, wasn't it? It's when just, you, just put yeah. his foot down. But when you, when you listen back to it, you go, yeah, this, this sounds like a lot of men spunking on each other. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but it does mean that because it couldn't get played uh, before nine o'clock or whatever mm. on MTV, uh, it, th- as far as I know, this single didn't actually chart in the US because it was getting next to no promo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, just d- disappeared. It, mm. it, it over here. It got to number eight again. So again, yeah, this is another okay. top ten single. But to be fair, this is a platinum record in the states, so it kind of did all yeah, right very with mm. without too much help. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I reckon on balance, this one probably isn't that much about heroin. I reckon it is more about a relationship. But you never yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. no, no. I think in your room, a relationship you're, with heroin. Well, yeah, no, in your room, you're in the you're in the room. You know the heroin room. Time stands still. Yeah, you yeah. Know, in your room, you know I'm in your space. I think this is. I think this is one of the the scaggiest songs on the album. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, yeah. This is. This is. Again, yeah, maybe I need yeah. to do more. I didn't pick Honestly, up on that. Honestly, mate, this, is, this song may as well be written on horseback. It calls, calls, <laughs> calls flames to I'm arise. <laughs> you know, you're, I'm, I'm, a, I'm at your mercy. I'm, you know, I'm in your guess, room. And yeah, 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 true. Yeah, 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 flames yeah, to yeah, arise. Yeah, yeah, Do you know what I mean? It's basically, yeah. this is a song about, you know, about, about spoons that you're not putting back in the cutlery drawer. I see. <laughs> Hiding from your mum. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> All right, okay. Uh, so we get into number seven then? Yes, indeed. This one, Get Right With Me. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that that is a very what what I would call one oh one sounding Depeche Mode. Yes. You know, that's that big clanging stuff going yeah, on. Intro, yeah. 
But this is another gospely one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Funnily enough, my first my first line on my notes here. There you go. And we've got the hip hop scratch. Yeah. And here's industrial break. Sure. Boom, 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 bow. This is very nine inch now. Yes. Very much yes, so. It yeah. Is, yeah. But then it changes completely yeah. in my eyes. Yeah. Because yeah, it's gone it's, from sounding like something you know, everything counts or behind the wheel, yeah, yeah, that yeah, sort yeah. of stuff, into this major key. Yes. Gospel stuff. With this kind of little bounce underneath it. Yeah. So it's it's euphoric. This yeah. one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This kind of like funny you mentioned Johnny Marr covering uh, earlier. That guitar to me sounds quite a bit like a, a Johnny Marr guitar. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can hear that. I can hear that. But to me, this doesn't sound like much like a Depeche Mode song at all because no. it is so straight. It's just like a straightforward song. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I think I think there's I th- again. That, I think there is. Vocals weird. I think if you again, it's one of those underbelly things. There's little bits of crunch in the production underneath here. Right. That that do change it. Um, but the. Like the, you're right, the, the chorus in this kind of major key. It's so bizarre. Here, here there's little, like little kind of clangs and stuff. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There are bits, like you say, definitely, but the and, overriding sound is. And that kind of, like, kind of almost, I mean, obviously, I know it's on a live kit, but it's almost like a 303 pattern, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think it's I mean, this is a very short song because it actually ends at like 2 minutes 50 yeah. Yeah. Um, before we get into interlude number four on here. Yeah. But I was just very surprised at this whole very, thing it's, it's an uplifting song in comparison to the rest of the album uh, totally if you, every yeah. other one is more downbeat or yeah. minor or oppressive yeah. and this is right in the middle of it being it's almost like sunshine it's almost like he's opened the curtains yeah, yeah. yeah. but I, I actually see it, it's, this is almost like this is um, he's kind of setting himself as like this hedonistic priest and he's saying like you don't need forgiveness you don't need these things you just come and get right with me it's almost like fucking sin is its own forgiveness oh, that's, right, the, okay. that's for me the, the thing I get all is forgiven you can sort this stuff out later there are no dead ends come, come be, with me yeah it right. could be like, it, is, okay. it is God himself just saying look I know you're fucked up. I know what you. I know what you're about. But don't worry about it. Just come and come get right with me. Yeah, yeah. Just come right, with me. Okay. Yeah. So there's that side of it. I think it's a it's a it's a very euphoric song. It's very upbeat and and I think there is that it's that finding that salvation. You know. Right. This, but, this is yeah. one of hope. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's, yeah. Exactly. It's a brilliant right. word. Yeah. Hope. Right. I, I feel like almost like the. I think you can also almost read it in a slightly different way, which is, it's it's the hope of an addict that. The addiction can continue. Mm. Oh like, right, yeah. In that, like, no, there are, there is no, you know. Whereas so much of it is regret and regret. It's like no, so it's, like, it's oh, this acceptance. It's just gone. Yeah, it's this, like, is no, it, this is it now. Yeah, we can, we can carry on. No, we fuck it. We can carry on doing this. Yeah. The, we can sort this out later. Come mm. and live, live. You know, there's a James Addiction lyric which is like life. The one thing I'm certain, the one thing I'm sure of is that life is for pleasure, and uh-huh. and, and it's that kind of. It, said by a millionaire. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, at the, at, the yeah. t- at the time, I think it was said by a fucking quite squalid junkie. Oh, really? Right, 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 yeah. But, uh, you know, it is this thing. It's the, no, I, I want this to be this way. You know, yeah. fuck it. Get right with this. We'll be okay. Because th- there is, you know, in the heart of uh, th- this kind of idea that everyone else is fucking wrong and actually this hedonistic lifestyle is actually embracing life and living life in in the best way you can. Okay. At times, I don't know. I, I might be very much over reading this, but <laughs> also, but the slide guitar is really nice, isn't it? 
Right. Yeah. I didn't like this song, I'll be honest. Didn't like it. I would skip this absolutely every time on a on a re-listen. Mm. Uh, I just thought it felt out of place. Didn't gel with me what he was trying to say. I like, mm. don't give a shit. And I just, I didn't like the, I didn't like the brightness. No. 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 Perhaps if it was, if they did an album that was full of brightness and I was like, okay, this is the journey here. Is it fine? But this just felt like a, a clunker in the middle. Well, to I me. think because like, I see the whole album, I see the whole album as a whole. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's why it sits all right with me. Yeah, but yeah, if you're listening to it by just going, if you're just going song by song, like listening to it as Indeed. an album, sure. then that would, I think, that would change your perspective. Yeah, again, yeah, maybe, yeah. Maybe. I wouldn't. I, you know, I don't think I'd rush out to buy this as a single, but I, no. I would. I, I don't think I'd skip it. All right, okay. Well, that's fair enough. We're now like two thirds of the way through. Right, it's time to do the uh, the singles. Okay, let's let's look at these singles then. So the top ten this week, number ten. Uh, this is a big kind of dance tune. Remember this one? Oh yeah, yeah, I do remember this. Um... This is one that still gets played in clubs. Yeah, it's still it's a banger. A, one of those anthems. I've played this yeah. on the radio show. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 This is a tune. If you want me. You've got yeah, to yeah. Show, show me love. love. Show me love. There you go, yeah. Robin S. That's Robin Robin S. Robin S. love. Yeah, we yeah, used yeah. To, when I lived in, I was living in Gravesend. I remember it being the summer, and we lived next door to a dance school because it was summer. They had their doors and windows open, and so we'd be in the garden, and then they had their dance stuff going on, yeah. and they had this on a loop. This is Robin like S. Routines and and fucking right said Fred. Oh, oh too sexy. Lord God, nearly smashed their windows. <laughs> I'd have burnt them down, mate. Oh, yeah, dance to this, yeah. you bastards. Hello, police. Yeah. There's about to be a fucking uh, arson attack. Yeah. yeah. Uh, right, that's number 10. Oh, did, I, did I tell you? I've just finished my uh, degree in ballet. Oh, have you now? Yeah, I've got a 2 2. Fuck's sake. Get out. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Don't finger bang yourself in the garden and think about what you've done. <laughs> oh, man. The thing is, oh, I was like, oh, yeah, that works. Okay. <laughs> when, he went, when he said it, I was like, oh, don't. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. I fucking do wonder if people listen to this podcast and think this is the type of jokes I do on stage. I hope so. Uh, yeah. Have you sold any tickets for your show? I've had some returns for some <laughs> tickets I hadn't sold. <laughs> I've had some refund requests. Yeah. Uh, uh, number nine. I don't expect either of you to be able to guess this. Let's see if you remember it at all. I mean, you'll know who it is as soon as he starts singing. Is it, it's not like Gary Newman or someone, is it? No. Oh, God. Okay, oh, so bloody hell. Yeah. Bowie. I don't know this, this era of Bowie yeah. very well. We've got to do white tie ne- yeah, uh, black do. tie white noise next we week. Do, I'll tell you what, I, I picked up um, Tin Machine's album. Oh, yeah. Ooh, okay. A while ago. Yeah. And it's... Yeah, all right. It's still problematic. Yeah. It's not his best, but right. there's a couple of tunes on it. You go, actually, this is good. Uh, there's, there's no Bowie record that you can pick up where you can't pull exactly. something out. Yeah, of it, I'm yeah. sure. His yeah. album, his later albums, Reality is really fucking good. Right. That's worth. A, that's and um, Heathen, yeah. absolutely worth yeah. your time. Yeah, brilliant. But yeah, that, I don't. Yeah, I don't think I hadn't taken any notice of Bowie at this point. Well, this, no, I mean, either. that single was called Jump. They say. Oh yeah, that's it. Does, it yeah, rings yeah, a bell yeah. when you say. Oh yeah, of course. Good that chorus. Was a thing. Good chorus. And we are. We're going to have to do the whole album for, yeah, yeah. for the episode. But I just don't remember that. Uh, all right. So that's number nine. Uh, number eight. Uh, I'm not going to play is uh, Sybil when I'm good and ready. Mm-hmm. Number Thank seven. You. And you'll you'll know this one. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, this is a ugly kid toe. Uh, ugly kid toe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You said ugly kid toe. No, it's a joke. Did you say toe? It's a toe. Did I? Oh, fucking mate, I'm tired. Yeah, ugly kid joke. I fucking hate this song. I'm really like this song. Fucking awful. I think ugly kid toe is right. One that you stomped on the bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never gonna be right again. I do like why they called themselves Ugly Kid Joe, though. Do you know the story? No, I do. No, it's because they they really hated the band Pretty Boy Floyd. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Okay. Wow. Oh, well, he just like changed. That. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Okay. Basically, our whole career on hatred. Yeah. And I must admit, I really like the song because I knew that as a song already. It's the Harry Chapin, obviously. My, mm. I think it was my mum or my aunt was a fa- had like a great set of the Chapin. So that was played in the house and I really liked it. And so when this one came out, I mean, A, I was, what's the point? You've just mm. done a straight cover of it. But I was also right. okay, no, I don't, I don't think you mean this. You know, no. that sort of thing. Harry Chapin, there's a fucking, there's a, an absolute desperate regret mm-hmm. in that song. These guys, I'm like, no, you just did everything about to, you. Yeah, they haven't listened See, to it this, at all. This is the song, this is the song that I kind of, I, 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 this is the version of the song that I got to know. So I no, kind sure. of, it's a good song and I kind of like it. I, but, and, you know, maybe I should listen to the Harry Chapin version better, but uh, I have a soft spot for this. I liked it at the time. Totally fine. I, 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 and I don't think that, Either of your criticisms are in any way invalid. It's dog I think, shit. I think you. I think you. I think you've probably got a very good point. <laughs> All right, well, that's number seven. Number six. Let's see if you remember this one. It's very obvious uh, time, isn't it? It's very. I mean, I do remember. This is a kind of music I fucking hated at the time. Oh, totally. But it's one of your favourite artists. Oh, it's Madonna again. It's Madonna. Oh, again, see, I just yeah. didn't. It's another erotica out track. It is. Is this William Orbit around that time? Oh, no, was that no, later on? No, this is Fever. Yeah, this is her version of Fever. Oh, no. oh my God, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah this is pre William Orbit, but yeah. There's some songs that you go, you shouldn't, you shouldn't go near oh, this. Oh, why, would you, why yeah. would you do I remember this the Stranglers, the later incarnation, when they had Paul Roberts as, a, as the lead vocalist. And they covered uh, "Summer in the City," and uh, the "Loving Spoonful" version is perfect. It's it's perfect. It's, it's short. It's uh-huh. fucking immense. Mm. And they covered it and did this weird kind of croon. Yeah, stretched it out, made it, and you're like, no, leave it alone. And I think the same you, with you, this. You're fucking like, around nah. for no reason. Yeah, and, that, and, yeah. and you can say the same of any song that Def Leppard ever covered. <laughs> don't do or, it or wrote. Just don't um, do it. Yeah. Dog shit band. <laughs> Hate Def Leppard. <laughs> you should have lost both arms. Anyway, so, <laughs> that's the worst thing I've ever said. Uh, number no, five not. is Two Unlimited with No Limit, which yeah. we've seen a few times before. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, and it, yeah, it's been number one for a we, few we've weeks. We've got to do the whole album through, yeah. at some point. Yeah, we've got to talk about a two unlimited album track by track yeah, that's going to be a short episode I know yeah. um, number four and but you're going to get it because the first three words in this song are the title and <laughs> the artist but remember this one oh my god Shabba <laughs> <laughs> you can't not can you yeah this didn't was... he do was it his is it Maxi his... Priest <laughs> oh yeah Shabba. yeah yeah it was yeah well, this song? Uh, no, because it, 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 it's it's a it's it's someone featuring Shabaranks, isn't it? But this I've just got this as just Shabaranks. I thought this was like fucking. Was it Maxi Maybe. Priest? It sounds like Maxi Priest. I don't know. Maybe there might have been a version, but the, this single version I've got. I, I felt, I, I felt like, like that was Shabaranks with Shabaranks someone else. Do, I don't know. It might be wrong. Did Shabaranks do Trailer Load of Girls? Trailer Load of Girls. Yeah. Yeah. Da, 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 yeah. da, da. I don't know. I yes, think. he did. Yeah. yeah. I was going to do the accent then. I'm not going to. Yeah, do yeah. yeah. We've, we've, we've got history of people doing the accent <laughs> on this. <laughs> yeah. Tra- trailer Load of Girls, man. I mean, to be fair, mate, that if you've just been caught in fucking Dover, do you know what I mean? <laughs> 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 
<laughs> you ain't gonna be singing about yeah. it, oh, no, mate. You're gonna be doing ten fucking solid years. <laughs> it sounds like that sounds like a, a Steel Panther song title as well. Trailer right, load of girls, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, load of trailer girls would be there. <laughs> <laughs> hey. uh, right, so that's number four. But uh, I think number three is a much more authentic ragga vibe. Yes, come on, oh, man. yeah, former, <laughs> yeah, yes. no, yeah. I, I, I mean, you, you know. Oh, this is one of the songs that Dave can do all the lyrics from start to can. finish. Of yeah, yeah that's my party trick for a long while. <laughs> Indeed. Oh, mate, I, I did enjoy this single when it came out. I really yeah. liked it. Yeah, it's funny when we had a house party around this time, and police got called because the neighbours were pricks. Okay, so, so we're going. Oh, it's been noise, and they came round and they went, "No, there isn't any noise. This is someone being an arsehole." Right, and then we they we went, "Well, you can come back if you want," and they and they came back when they finished their shift. So we had a load of coppers in our house, like drinking and all that, what? like men and women. Nice. And then for the rest of the time, that my Lisa, the mother of my kids, and I would walk around town going, "In farm." <laughs> <laughs> wow. And continuing in the, the ragged theme, but we played this last week, uh, Shaggy is Old Carolina at number two. Terrible song. I, get, I, it, I said this last week, it is pretty much a comedy song. It's yeah, a novelty yeah, yeah. song. Yeah. But I did really like it. No. I, I did. I did at the I'd time. I'd rather headbutt my way to the Isle of Wight <laughs> to listen to this. <laughs> Which is an option. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, and then number one, uh, I mean, this was a re-release, obviously. Oh, uh, blimey! Yeah, the, oh shit! The '93 re-release. Oh, uh, here no, you go. Yeah, can you get yeah. the band? Uh, Young oh, Heart, obviously. The yeah, uh, well. not the Bluebells, is it? It is the Bluebells. It is the Bluebells, it's the Bluebells mate. Yeah yeah, 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 absolutely. I haven't got that. I thought, I thought I had that I had that on the tip of my tongue, but when I got the Bluebells, I really, I did like that when it came out. It's a catchy yeah. song, but it's one of those ones that became so. Hugely overplayed at the time. It is a solid yeah. thumbs down from me, I'm afraid. But it was also one that it, you'd hear, again, I was just going to university in 93. It was, oh, here we go. It's student night. Mm. This is alongside Dizzy by Vic Reeves and Wonder Stuff. Oh, right, here we go. It's like yeah. when, when you hear Come on Eileen comes on at a wedding. Yeah, precisely. They just want to precisely. boot the cake out into the car park. <laughs> yeah, exactly, mate. <laughs> yeah. Look, man, it, like, nearly anything with a fuck, nearly anything with a violin that can be described as a fiddle. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> It's like fucking, mate, you, you are a hot skip and a jump away from fucking rednecks at yeah. this point. Oh, Mind God. you, uh, that's all making a comeback. People are getting into country music and dressing like cowboys. And, what? Yeah. yeah, it's happening. My, my youngest what? son keeps sending me no. pictures of right. basically line dancers. Let, let, oh, no. Yeah. Let, let, do you know who's to fucking blame for this, mate? It all starts with Mumford and Sons, doesn't it? Yeah, those that's are I see. fucking pricks, mate. Folk. I don't know. It depends if they're going the full Garth Brooks. Yes, that was what I, I don't know. I, I mean, Mumford and Sons is maybe a starting point, but you, you'd assume if they were Mumford and Sons, then they're the sort of cunts who are getting into sea shanties. That's that path. I fucking I hate that. sea shanties. I have nothing against them, but I what's do. happening? I hate Why them. Is it and there was a big thing in lockdown. The last lockdown, people were doing. They were getting into sea shanties. Yeah, no, it's yeah. a big thing. No. It's like fuck off. It's like it's awful. Like any of that shit. I hate yeah. it. Fucking sti- I, 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 the thing that's doing my head at the minute. I walked through. I was driving into town last night, and there was a group of lads, all fucking shit faced, all fucking like in yeah. it, like if it had been the nineties, they'd have all been in matching Ralph Lauren shirts, and they were all dressed up like Peaky Blinders. And I'm like, fuck oh, okay. yeah, off. Right. Yeah, yeah, I see yeah. you tweed cunt. Oh. I put reins, and you smell like a wet dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't get it. Anyway, right, okay. Well, so that's the top ten. Uh, let's do. Uh, just I'll do a couple of uh, other singles that were released at this time. 
Okay, uh, Ice Cube, it was a good it was day. A good day, yeah. yeah. And this got to number 27 at the time, so that's relatively decent. Mm. This was one of the, his biggest singles to date, I'm assuming. I, I, think, it's, the, I think it is his biggest single. I can't, I just, I I can't, he's got nothing bigger than this, singles-wise. Right, fair enough. Uh, so yeah, that was out. Uh, definitely got him through to a much bigger audience in yeah. case. That was uh, that was his pop side. Uh, I don't know if you'll... Well, Dave, you might remember this one. Because we've talked about him before. Oh, it's Apache Indian. It's Apache oh, Indian again. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's called. It's called it's like fucking. Um, is it Chuck Dare? Chuck Dare. Yeah, exactly, yeah. mate. Oh, yes. Bloody hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice one. Yeah. Uh, it's got to number thirty. And, uh, it's, it's all right. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's a fun yeah. little tune. I've, I, you know, I've got to say, I do quite like a bit of Apache. Uh, yeah, no, I remember you said, didn't you have the album? I didn't have the album, oh, but, um, no. No, but we did. We'd had the single with cheese in the kick and a yeah. bun. Fun, the lyric them drip off my tongue. Fun. Fun. Uh, Sheep on drugs released fifteen minutes of fame. Nice, which I, I did really enjoy at the Wait, time. Which, which one was fifteen minutes of fame? Is this? It sounds like all sheep on drugs songs. We, we, isn't it, the only one I can really remember is the fucking motorbike Jesus Christ, hold on tight. That's me and Jesus Christ on it? a motorbike. Yeah, yeah that one. Now, 15 minutes, 15 minutes of fame. But again, with just all the industrial stuff in the sure. background. Same thing. Uh, but it's not on Spotify, so I can't play it. So, well, I mm-hmm. could, but I can't be arsed. Uh, number 60. Okay, so Stone Cell Pilots. Yes, it is. is it's from the album Core. Yes. Do you, have, you, ever, you, you ever heard the heard the lounge version of this? No. There was a lounge version that was on one of the singles from the second album. And I'm not really a big fan of those lounge redos, but mm-hmm. it's a really oh, yeah, fucking it works. good version. Interesting, yeah. Yeah, okay. I saw Stone Temple Pilots at Brixton when he was in his pink hair phase and it was Fucking brilliant. Nice. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Their latest stuff's pretty good as well. There's one called ba- Boom Baby, something or other, which is really fucking good. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. They, they were a fucking. You know, Big Bang Baby, that's it, yeah. They, they kind of got dismissed as Pearl Jam copyists when they came out because mm. obviously, like. Plush. Oh, Plush was the big one. And Plush. Plush really sounded like a Pearl yeah, Jam exactly. kind of yeah. uh, copyist. But, like, Purple and, like, the uh, Tiny Songs and all that. Really fucking good yeah, albums. Yeah, yeah. Really that's good it. albums. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very good. I tried to read his autobiography but it was too worthy and not worthy it was too it was too pretentious and oh really but yeah, yeah, I mean, he, he was yeah fucking... I kind of yeah apparently he was an arsehole when, he's, yeah. when he died and everyone was being I mean no of course he's died and that's, that's sad of course but I remember his, his ex-partner was going no, fuck him oh really you were all idolising this guy oh, I, I had to live with the prick you know yeah. so, you fine know. Oh, that's not that doesn't mean I'm obviously no one should ever no one should oh, god perish. no god no uh, all right, but well, only got the number sixty as well. But that, as far as I know, was the first single release because that's the first one I bought. I had that on twelve inch, and then Plush was afterwards. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I think this was the the first introduction yeah. to that, that we had to Sun Pilots. Excellent. Uh, one that only got to number sixty nine, but I bought at the time and really enjoyed. This is a Run DMC. Yeah. Yeah, we're down with a king. Run DMC, time with a king. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's a fucking, uh, I went to John Jay University. Yeah, yeah fucking. Hey, I'm going to say, knowledge. And from that day, I went straight to college. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, there, there, are, there are some clunky rhymes, and there's yeah. an awful lot of fucking, why don't we all just love God? Wouldn't that yeah. be lovely? There's an awful lot of that on here. But uh, I really like the tune. I think yeah. it's a really nice little the track. I mean, motherfucker's called Reverend Run. Well, you kind of, you've you know got I mean? to have something. If you listen to a song by someone whose name is Reverend and it's not the Reverend Horton Heat, you've got to expect <laughs> God. Yeah, that. true. Uh, 
this one got to number 26 and I was I loved this at the time uh, ring any bells nah hang on Oh, is it Sonic Youth? Yes, it is. Uh, yeah, Sonic Youth. It's just sugar cane. Yeah, sugar cane. Yeah, off the off. Uh, oh, dirty. of course, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I, mean, I was I just thinking, I've got, I've got goo. This, yeah. Yeah, this is a quality Do you want a tissue? Yeah. Should have had a shower before I did this. Me. <laughs> Uh, but that's all. That's all we need for for this week's singles. I reckon there's a few there. It's all right. Some good stuff, man. Nice, Some good nice, stuff nice. in there. I mean, you got informer, so you don't. What, what else true. you need? Yeah, it's always it was all downhill from that one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But okay, let's finish off this Depeche Mode album. Last three tracks. Lovely stuff. Okay, so the next one is called Rush. All right, so track number eight, Rush. Not my favourite. This one. Oh, I, I, I mean this. I was like, shit, oh, I love this intro. This is yeah, great. Yeah, well, this, this yeah. sounds well, this like... this sounds like old Depeche Mode. Yeah, That's sounds, why you yeah, like it. Exactly, it sounds like old Depeche Mode yeah. via Pretty Hate Machine to yeah, me. Yeah, oh, okay. Right. Yeah, again, there's a bit of Nine Inch... Okay, sure. Yeah, no, it's, it's got a super big chorus. It's, for me, it's not the best track on the album. Still pretty good, though. Yeah. Low-key, quiet. Nice kind of spoken part in it. Then you've got this kind of languid Trent Reznor vocal with the kind of the scary sci-fi synths. Nice mm-hmm. kind of compressed breaks. And it kind of give way into that beat. I, uh-huh. I, I, I like this track, man, but I, I don't like, love it. Yeah, sure, I, I do. I like the one because it, it builds and builds, you know, drags you with it throughout the whole thing. Uh, it brings yeah, like you the, along. I like it. the pace of it, but I've just found it a bit bland. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. And again, it is different to a lot of the other stuff yeah. on this album. This, yeah. you could have put this on Violator. Yeah, and you'd be like, yeah, yeah, that, that yeah, yeah. fits. You know, yeah, certainly, certainly, this is. This is of all the songs, the one that maybe sounds like it fits the least in the album. I I, I take the point that you could argue that about about um, uh, about uh, no, get, get right, right with right, me. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Uh, but to me, even though because you know when you sit around the rest of the religious stuff, it still sits it, it, better yeah. on the album than this one. But I do like this song. I think this is great. I really like this one. Um, and if you're looking for heroin lyrics, you know, it's called Rush. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> it, 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 it's like, when I come up, when I rush, I rush for you. Yeah. It, okay, you're using the imagery you're of, basically of, saying of, of your lifestyle. Off my tits. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and, and not, in fact, about uh, uh, late 80s. Uh, Liverpool centre forward Ian Rush. No, unfortunately not. <laughs> I'm or, Rush for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or Jennifer Rush. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ian Rush for you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ian Rush for you. <laughs> Grow a moustache and don't take drugs. I think there's a really nice breakdown in it as well, kind of in mm-hmm. the middle where it it really just goes back to the dum, 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 mm. the, the, the bass underneath and it comes builds and builds back up again. I think this is a lovely layered song, but it fits entirely into the sort of Depeche Mode that I like. Yeah. So that's why this one hit more for me. Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah definitely. All right, well, next track is called One Caress. Uh-huh. Okay, so we're into a kind of a waltz time. This yeah. is like more like baroque yeah. pop. 
Yeah. Which oh. I really like. I really oh, like. Oh, yeah? Yeah. There's a great song by John Cale from the Velvet Underground called Paris 1919. Uh-huh. Oh, nice. Very much like this. Oh, really I don't know. Nice. I'll check that out. And Klaus Nomi. Is that kind of... Yeah, I like this. I, I kind of got a bit of a, I got, I got a bit of a kind of cinematic vibe from this. Yeah. Like these kind of oppressive kind of strings. It gives me a little bit of that kind of um, Herman kind of. You know, what's yeah. his name? Fucking oh, uh, Bernard Herman. Yeah, Bernard Herman yeah. who does all the, the Hitchcock soundtracks. Yeah. Also, a little bit of, and I think maybe because specifically of Eyes Wide Shut, a bit of a kind of Kubrick. Oh, I see. Because you can right. kind of imagine like the, those strings being played in those kind of uh, scenes in the kind of party and. In Eyes Wide Shut, which is a frankly unwatchable film. Right. Um, but very oppressive kind of sound in there. But again, you've got lyrically, it's forgiveness and self-flagellation, finding salvation. I mean, because this one seems yeah. very much like it's aimed at a lady. Again, that lady could be heroin, but it's like, I'm finding, you know, I'm kind of getting away from the madness of this stuff. Finding right, salvation sure. in a warm lady's vagina. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I'm down on my knees again. I pray to the only one who has the strength to bear the pain, to forgive all the things I've done. Mm. So, sure, it is. It's speaking to God, but yeah. it's also like, oh, but, you know, only a lover can forgive me. You know, yeah, somebody absolutely. knows me inside out. And again, this is another one that isn't Dave Gann on vocals, I'm assuming. No. Uh, this no. Is, is it Martin Gore again? Because it, it doesn't be. sound like him, but it probably is. Mm-hmm. And also it fits in with what he does. When he does his solo ones, it's stripped down. Yeah. It's, it's the strings instead That's of the full like on stuff. Yeah. I like that. It's very it's sparse. bare. Yes, yeah, sparse. Yeah. All right, but, the, the but, things but, that you're liking about this, I don't give a shit about this song no. at all. Really? No, nothing for me. I like the fact that they're, I like the, you know, that, that sort of less is more. Sure. The strings are enough. They're, they're rich enough and, yeah. and there's, there's enough going on with them. There's definitely they're a big like, drama with yeah, them. Yeah. I think that's, it's like with art. Sometimes you look at you looking at you look at a bit of art, a painting or something. But I, I like the story of how that art came to be. Okay. Rather just like just looking at it, you go, oh, "How did that come to be that?" And then so listening to this, I'm like, "I wonder how he, what made him be so, what made him stop and not put all these bells and whistles on." Ah, it? right. You okay. Know? Like, what made him get to the point? And go, no, this is all it needs. Yeah. And there's there's so much going on subconsciously. It doesn't need any bells and whistles, and, and it doesn't right. it doesn't patronise you. It kind of goes. It's just a beautiful. I just think it's a beautiful piece. Okay, I, nice. I, I really yeah. like this one as well. Again, first few times I listened to this album, probably wouldn't have cared about it mm. at all. But now, when I'm listening to this album, and we, we've had all of the kind of stuff that we've had, and it's just like, oh, and now here's this this little kind of totally different mm. texture around it that still kind of fits in because it's got all the same lyrical themes mm-hmm. uh, as you go through but it's got like you say this kind of weird kind of oppression in the because like those strings are really beautiful but yeah. they're also kind of jarring at the same time mm. kind of present this kind of tension within within the piece yeah, a little yeah. bit okay. um, and I and I really like it for that and I really like where it sits on the record yeah um, so yeah it, it works for me Okay, fine. I like it. Fine. Yeah, it's, a, it's that. It's I, I just love. I love strings on records. Like that's why. I, that's why I love Bittersweet Symphony. Yeah, uh, sure. Yeah, yeah. You know, anything that's got good, strong strings. I'm, on I'm, it, I'm, I'm a string. Really love it. Yeah. Well, we've had this yeah. conversation a lot of times. You know, I am a bit of a sucker for a stick oh, of string. And and is, I I agree. I think when it works, uh, it does. It's a real emotional switch that it can flip in you. And when it comes in and it hits right, it's beautiful. Mm. Absolutely. This just didn't do it for me. And like I say to you, probably wouldn't have been an initial track for me. Um, Okay, so last track on this album. Right, yeah, brings us to track number 10. Higher Love. 
I know. I, I mean, <laughs> mate, I was gutted when I found out that this wasn't a cover of Steve Winwood's Higher Love. Oh, mate. So that's, <laughs> that's the most upsetting bit of this whole thing for me. We've got a really big intro on this. Uh-huh. I read that this was the song that they opened the set with on most of the devotional tour. Yeah. And you can see that, you know, if you are thinking of, you know, the lights go down on stage, yeah. this music starts, and you know, there's lights happening, yeah. blah, 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 images. I can see that. I think that works yeah. for, for that. I, I, I always think of any song that does that, uh, just uh, the, the, for me, the gold sound of that is "Lay Your Hands on Me" by Bon Jovi. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's hard to beat. In terms of yeah. intros and beat, doom, 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 doom. So you got the, the vocal kind of comes in over this really stripped down version of the song. Yeah, and it's just. I guess you know. Is this heroin? You know, I can and always lay probably, my hands upon the warm the, glow this, this that lingers is, on. This is the skaggiest. Surely, of yeah, it has to be. But yeah. here, though, this, this, you think because you're thinking, oh, is this going to be what this track is? Is it going to? Because obviously, we've had quite a low key stripped down one before. Yeah, yeah. You know, oh, is this what this is going to be? Because it's, it's going on quite long. This intro. Oh yeah, it's a big build. If yeah. It's, if it, yeah, if it's building towards something, it's taking its time. Yeah, yeah, sure. Then bang. That, and that just kind of opens it out in this very kind of Depeche mode kind uh-huh. of synth way, just kind of quantizes its way in and drop. Oh, yeah. I love this. Uh, again, definitely, definitely, definitely a fucking love song to mm. the brown stuff. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. I don't mean HP songs. Yeah. Um, I think that this is it's, this would be bottom third of the songs on this album for me. I don't okay. think it's that great. I don't think it's great either um, this one. I, it's, a, I, it's a weak finish. Uh, that's the thing. I find yeah. it strange that they went, let's finish with this. Yeah. I don't I, get that. I, I I can see the argument for both sides, but I don't necessarily You'd agree. You like it as I, a, I, yeah, a closer. I, 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 like, I don't necessarily like it as a closer. I think that... I would have probably ended uh, with one caress okay. because it's the sparser kind of weirder kind of point, and I just think it would it would be a nice way for that record to end. I see. Okay. Um, I, I don't necessarily think this is I, again. I love this album as a whole, but I don't think it's as well tracked as for something like Violate, where it really feels like it takes you on a journey. Uh-huh. This album does take you on a journey because there's so many different moods in it, but sometimes the transitions aren't ideal, which is why, for me, I love this album, mm-hmm. but Violator is the better record. Okay. But I do think this is, I do think this is a good song. I, I do think that the drug metaphor is at its clearest throughout it. And, yeah, no, I, I don't have much else to say about it other than, you know, I really like the way that it transitions into that and I think the kind of the chorus and everything... Fine. I just don't think it's very memorable at all. I think they should have finished with Get Right With Me. Mm-hmm. So they finished with that. It's more of a euphoric ending and more I of see. A, it's a brighter ending. Uh, okay. I think that's, that's the, and I think that would have stayed with you as well because I, I, I rarely listen to this song. Uh-huh. I love the whole album, mm-hmm. but I don't really get as far as this. I go, well, I, no, I know what's coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And right. so, but if they'd have finished with Get Right With Me, it's a great... I see. Okay. It would have stayed with you. And imagine that, you know, when at the end of the gig, they finish with that and leave the stage. Right. Be like, oh, what a night! Because you'd all be swaying and singing along, and right. No, okay. Yeah, I see. Oh, that. I, see I see. That's a good. That's yeah. a good point, man. Um, yeah. No, I think that's. A, I think that's a pretty solid uh, suggestion. Um, okay, so look, that's the the album 
as a whole. So yeah, let's okay, have, there we are. Oh, so we got a few uh, a few comments uh, from listeners regarding this record. I'm just gonna okay. So let's have a look at what people had to say on Twitter. Uh, Martin Young, uh, insane drug crazed monster album. Many ways the absolute peak of Depeche Mode, and they couldn't really go any higher uh, for their own health. Really, well, yeah. recommend the divert, uh, um, devotional concert film as essential compliment to this. Yeah. Right. Couldn't, couldn't agree Fair more. Enough. I might try and watch that again this week. Haven't seen it for quite a while. Yeah. Also, condemnation is God tier mode song and Dave's finest vocal hour. Okay, right. so uh, I don't necessarily disagree with that. You, I think it sure. was. I think it was very good, but I don't get the the reverence that some people have for for it. But uh, you know, mate, I'm obviously in the wrong because people have pointed out yeah, how, how good the vocal is on this. I think it's very nice. Okay, so Phil Guthrie, on first listen, I was initially underwhelmed, but it really grew on me. Some cracking remixes for some of these tracks too. Yeah, I mean, Phil, uh, he's an old school friend of mine, and he would have loved all the remixes that were going on at this point. You know, there's a Jack Dangers mix, you know, maybe Manifesto, and that's the sort of shit Phil was into. He'd loved it. Straight up the street. Katie Funnel, uh, sexy album, starts with what I'd class as their second sexiest song. More of a rock album, which is down to the step to the soon be departed Wilder. Shitload of drug references, which is not surprising, and absolutely peak sexy David Garn. Right, yeah. Uh, I didn't have it when it first came out. My first intro to Depeche Mode was Ultra, where you can find their sexiest song. Mm, I then allegedly. went back and uh, discovered everything I'd missed. All of my mates were big into Britpop and thought I was weird. All right, fair enough. What I did really like, though, about Katie, because uh, we read Sank out on Katie, about Katie that she said on the mini episode of the, the E17 one. Yeah. So having just listened to it after she said her tweet, she went, having just caught up with the bonus episode and hear him read out my tweet about fingering, it's really making me regret how many times I use the word sexy in my messages. Yeah. <laughs> one track mine, Katie. When it comes yeah, to yeah. Dave Garn, anyway. He's got loads of tracks in his arms. <laughs> really. right. hey, oh, <laughs> booyah. Thank yeah. you. I'm coming. Uh, Dave Roddy also got in contact. Uh, he says, I was heavy fucking metals. Depeche Mode were shit electro disco synth bollocks. But then I listened to them. What a knob I was. I fucking loved this. Then went backwards from there. Great lyrics from Martin Gore and music. And Dave Gann, the junkie sex god. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's entirely fair. I think this was probably the album that if you were going to get into Depeche Mode from being a more of a rock metal mm-hmm. person, yes. this is your gateway drug. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Corky fella, Mr. Corcoran, uh, when they played this, the songs live, they were all pitched down half a step because Garn was in his full sale train wreck face. Well, yeah, that's a good fact. I didn't know that, but, oh, you know, right. it, it definitely right. it fits. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Dave Roddy again, no Nine Inch Nails without Depeche Mode songs uh, and the and Ultra, the next one's superb. Remember a feature in Q around the time when they when they toured the States with Primal Scream. Jesus Christ, that's a bad idea, yeah, isn't geez. it? Wow. Uh, there was apparently, there's a, a Q a magazine quote that said that the devotional tour was the most debauched tour they'd ever seen. Fuck. I bet that was Q magazine. Oh, no, Q, exactly. I've heard, Q magazine. I've heard that. I know I have heard yeah, it. It, it definitely would make sense. Um, so let's just do a quick round up obviously sure. Rich you're out there one of your top yeah. five albums of all time I don't think we've got any doubt on how you feel about this Indeed. record that's it top um, five top I think five. I think I'm fairly clear I think this is a great it. record um, with uh, a couple of moments of, of where I'd, I'd move around some of the tracking and a couple of slightly less memorable songs but mm-hmm. I still think this is a fucking died in the wall classic and right. fucking show me an eighth album by any band that's oh of so course so they're basically and, reinventing themselves well, that's yeah, the thing yeah. it's not that they were just doing the same thing they were a totally different band yeah. at this yeah. stage but, yeah. what is, uh, but what's lovely about it is that they didn't set out like you see some bands and they go oh we're doing a rock album now and then they they turn up with motorhead t-shirts on yeah. like, alright yeah, you're a like bunch of cunts fuck off machine gun yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> whereas these just morphed into this 
this. This yeah. just happened. That's what, they, that's what they did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they just stuck enough into their arms until this came yeah, out. That's it, yeah. Uh, anyway, anyway and, and so Chris, I'll... I, I, I think it is a very good album. It's, it's more of like a, a 64 album for me, though. Sure. I think mm. so, the, the good ones are terrific. Um, but I do think there's some really quite fillery tracks in there too. Okay, I, I don't, again, I think it's one of those albums. The, the, the form of the album in general, it, it's one of those perfect things where there's so much that will keep you going back in, and there is so much to find in the, in the other tracks. Maybe so. Uh, but you know, there Maybe we go. So. As always, we need to pick. I mean, for me, this is a. I would suggest three tracks from this album. Um, I, I always thought that was going to be the case. Yeah. You wanted maximum, maximum. Uh, which three would it be? I think we can all uh, agree that um, "Walking in My Shoes" has got to be yep. on there. Yeah, brilliant. "Walking in My Shoes" brilliant. Hundred percent got to be on there. Um, yeah. Would you put "I Feel You" on as well? Uh, probably I would. Yeah, okay. uh, I, I wouldn't. You wouldn't. No, no. You wouldn't go with. Uh, no. Okay. In your room, I would 100 percent go with. Yes. But you were less keen on that, weren't I you? I thought it was all right. Uh, but okay. yeah, it wasn't amazing. But uh, let's face it. So many of these are me gonna gonna be me saying I was all right. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Walking in my shoes, in your room, and condemnation. I'd stick on there. Would you? Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I yeah. I mean, I would. I would be between. I feel you. Condemnation in your room, uh, and walking in my shoes. Obviously, uh, I'd also put a case in for mercy in you, which I really oh, fucking true. like. Yeah, um, tricky. Yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, I think okay. Outside of in my shoes, walking in my shoes. Sorry, what was your yep. favourite track on the album? Uh, well, probably I feel you. Okay, but after that, then it was probably Rush, which is the one that sounds like mm. old Depeche Mode. Sure. So, and the, I, okay. I, I get that that's not going to be agreed upon. Sure. It depends whether we want all singles. Yeah, yeah exactly. No, no, I mean, I, that's you, why I didn't want to put it on. Yeah. Right. Like, but obvious. would you want in your room? Because it was a single as well. Yeah. So you were in your room, walking in my shoes. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I really love I feel you as well. So I'm, yeah. I'm kind of as long as I get in your room uh-huh. and walking in my shoes, I'll toss right. a coin for the other one. I would be. Fine within your room, I thought it was okay. Yeah. I think I feel you's a better single, right? Or a better song, right? Um, so if you want to do those three, obviously that's not a problem, but then we have picked three singles. All right, well, let's just do that then. Okay, cool, let's do that. Yeah. We're, we're missing condemnation, but fuck it, what can you do? Well, yeah, another single, right? Okay, yeah. Rich, right, thank you for joining us, man. It's been my pleasure. Okay. Also, right, give us your Twitter, uh, where we can find you if we want to listen to the radio show, oh, all yeah. that sort of stuff. So, I am, I am Rich Wilson on Instagram and Twitter. Uh-huh. Um, the Tuned Up Time Machine is on the Mixcloud app, and then it's all there. There's all manner of radio shows. Listen to radios on there. There's, we've got Adamski's got a radio show on there. James Walsh from Star Sailor. Paul Gallagher and Nolan Liam's brother's got a oh, show yeah. on there. So there's some good people on there. There's the Heavy Heavy. they got a good show. Uh, Tracy Whitwell, she's got the Sweary Witch show. It's really good. <laughs> good she name. was in Soldier Soldier and all that sort of thing. She's great. Um, yeah, there's loads of that. So that's on the Mixcloud app. And uh, we've got uh, Insane in the Membrane which comes out every Thursday at 6pm, and that's available on all podcast platforms. Absolutely. And I urge you to have a listen. It it is one of the ones that I see so many people talking about. Lovely. People love that show. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you. Definitely worth checking out. And if we want to see you do some stand-up, you've got a website with dates. I do have a website, uh, richwilsoncomedy.com, and have a look. All the dates are on there, where I'm going to be. Perfect. I'm going to be up and down the country, so yeah. come And obviously, we'll put links to everything in the show description and all that sort of business as well. Lovely. Lovely. Thank you so much. Much my pleasure up. absolute pleasure to Great. have you along mate and uh, yeah uh, we'll maybe catch you uh, get you back on another one yes, later, down, later down the line um, alright well thank you for uh, for joining us as always guys um, from me Chris DeGreer uh, Waffles the Dog Rich Wilson thank you for joining us we'll see you next time cheers, cheers bye, bye. bye.
Thank you for checking out this episode of Pop Collaborate and Listen. It was produced and edited by us, for which we can only apologise. We're on Twitter, at PCL Podcast, on Instagram, also at PCL Podcast, and facebook.com slash PCL Podcast. All of these, plus links to our various Spotify playlists, etc., are on our website, which is PCLPodcast.com. Please feel free to get in contact via any of the social media or on PCLMusicPodcast at gmail.com. 